Salutations, everybody, and well, it's Friday, May 6th, 2022. Real quick, I don't know anything about sports, but I heard that the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team made it to the playoffs, which has apparently had a couple games so far. I don't know. But if I had to choose a sport to like, it'd be hockey for all the fast movement and violence. Um, and if I had to pick a team, it'd be the Pens because I'm in Western Pennsylvania, which is where Pittsburgh is. And one of our bedrooms in this house is also called the Penguins Room because of the Pittsburgh Penguins wallpaper that came with the house when we bought it, much like this uh, deer wall behind me. Housekeeping, the next book club will be House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielewski with the glorious Alex Maselli hosting that episode. And that'll be on Sunday, June 12th at 12 p.m. Eastern. And I have a big announcement about this show. Starting next week on May 12th, Token Minority Report will be moving time slots and day slots. It'll now be on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time because I like nighttime better. They used to call me a woman of the night until I learned that that meant something different. The show format may also end up changing some later, but I'm because I'm still trying to like figure out exactly what the show is. But again, that'll be Thursday, uh, the 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, business as usual. Although I am Son's intern again today, so hard to find good help. Anywho, let's introduce today's guest, Juliet Truthseeker. You may have seen her on Narrative Dissonance here on Unsafe Space on Mondays or maybe her guest appearances on The Independence Gang. But what you might not know is that she also majored in political science with minors in history and international relations, is a writer with a trilogy that's along the sci-fi genre, is interested in true crime and potential wrongful convictions, is an amateur gardener, and has her own business doing professional organizing like decluttering houses, which is something I really, really want help with. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Juliet. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. I'm excited. Um, uh, today, like I mentioned to you before we started, it's very rainy today, so I'm just kind of feeling... Uh, I like the word Logie a lot. I don't know if you ever <laughs> use that word, but that always like... It makes me feel like Logie is just kind of a gross word. I'm like, yeah, that suits me. That feels yeah, right. It works. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> Um, so I want, before we get into things, one question I like to ask people now when they come on here is, uh, in what way are you a minority? And it doesn't have to be anything physical, can be anything you want at all that you, you know, like you've, uh, paint your, your toenails with, with, you know, wall paint or something. Oh gosh, this is, that's a, uh, whoa, curveball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to do. Right. Um. I don't know. Like, I would have said this made me a minority, but you already said it. But like, I don't care about sports at all. Like, oh, I don't get it. I feel like I wish I I liked them because everybody else seems to really enjoy them. But I just don't care. Yes, I. Yeah, the only reason I knew about that was because a friend told me last night, and it was just like, "Oh, is it hockey season?" Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. exactly. That's and, and me. It, yeah, it's related to me because I'm near that area, and then the, yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, my boyfriend always does like he's really into football. He well, you know what? At first, he wasn't like he the first couple of years I feel like he didn't talk about it much and then at one point he got like really I mean he he I think he was hiding it the whole time and then around, <laughs> he's just like, no actually I am obsessed with it so it's just like that once football season's happening he does the the fantasy football with friends and then um and then when it's not it's just talking about when, like the draft coming up and like uh -huh. I only 
I know a, a little bit. I mean, I've done fantasy football. My, I keep getting scared that I'm going to say Final Fantasy, so I have to like, pause. <laughs> but uh, fantasy football, I've played in a couple leagues, not knowing anything. Like I just go in, I never swap out anyone unless yeah. they're they're not playing that week. And then, and I only this is how I play Pokemon too. It's just like the first people, the uh, first you know ones that I get. You're my team forever, and then I'm. Kind of, <laughs> Uh, and the second time I played, it was like a work team that where no one else really cared. And I won. I don't know. <laughs> no idea what's going on, but, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I used to work in a sports bar that was like super busy for football Sunday and people would come rushing in and be like, what's the score of blah, blah, blah game. And I'd be like, are they playing right yeah. now? Like, I had no what's idea. that? <laughs> That's what you mentioned. You told me that you were a bartender before, and right, and I, I, so I was a server, in in Chicago at the Second City Comedy Theater, and Ooh. I didn't know anything. Like I don't drink much, and then so we had I memorized what we had on the menu, and but if anyone ever asked for something off of it, like even like just a mixed <laughs> drink or something, and just be like, because you have like instead of vodka, you don't ask like what vodka do you want? Do you like Grey Goose, you know, Hornitos, Tito's, and and you list it to try and upsell, but. Sometimes I wouldn't even know what alcohol that was. So it was like, what do you want in it? That was yeah. me when I first started. They like they promoted me out of desperation. And I'll never forget somebody ordered Tangeray and I had no idea what kind of alcohol it was. So I had to go through like section by section on the computer to find it. Yeah, no, it's it was and I learned over time, but even like Michelob Ultra, I was like, what, what sounds are you making out of your mouth right now? <laughs> and I love it. I totally, like, totally get it. <laughs> it's not on the menu. I don't know it. <laughs> so, stop asking off menu stuff. Um, but okay, so your minorityness is that you don't do sports at all, which I, I relate to. I Like I said, I know a little bit more now but I just I think if I'm gonna be into it I'd rather play something though too like and, and even that I'm not physical I don't like to do things but if <laughs> if I'm gonna watch versus like do I'd rather do it <laughs> so. yeah uh, I get uh, I just don't get it I wish I did everybody else has fun <laughs> everyone else seems to be happy but me <laughs> I want to be happy like them <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, as an icebreaker, since I don't know you very well, um, <laughs> I'd like to start off with the game Two Truths and a Lie. So I have no idea what your options are going to be, but I want you to tell me the truth and then lie to me twice. And then I will try to guess it. Uh, and I'm really bad at this too, which is which is good. So if you if I guess incorrectly, then you get some points. If I guess correctly, you'll also get points. And then we'll tally up these points throughout the games throughout the episode and see if you win at the end. Awesome. All right, are you ready? Yes, yes. Okay. So ready. Okay. First, um, I never applied to college. Never applied to college. Okay. okay. All right. Two. Um, I can drive stick shift. And three, I am the fifth Juliet in my family. Fifth Juliet. Wow. Okay. Um, let me see. 
we've got a, okay, hang on a second. So number one, we've got, you never applied to college. I'm going to post that. Never applied to college. Your friend Paul says they're all lies. <laughs> Hi, Paul. <laughs> uh, to uh, can drive stick shift three uh, fifth Juliet in your family. And that's like through all, all of your family history. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Never applied to college, which means I know that you went to college because in your bio, unless you lied to me in your initial <laughs> list of things to me before, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe you are, uh, <laughs> but you never applied to college, which means that you were just given some acceptance into something, which I mean, that sounds like you look and sound smart. So I, that seems very plausible. Can you drive stick shift? Uh, I don't know. You're a woman. So it's <laughs> kind of tough whether you can drive at all. Right. Uh, for me, it's a, I didn't get my driver's license until I was 22. And I always said, cause I'm both Asian and a woman. So the stereotypes <laughs> are against me. Um, stick shift. Definitely. I can't do that. And then the fifth Juliet in your family yeah, all of Juliet. That's a nice, like, sturdy name that, that sounds like, yes, we'd pass that down generation to generation. Um, hmm. Hmm. Okay. I need to look at you for a minute and see which one I think is. Applied <laughs> to college, can drive fifth Juliet the family. You seem like you could drive stick shift. You seem like a motorcycler too. You know, just by looking at that, you'd actually be like hardcore. Um, mm, okay, I am gonna say that you can't. Oh, sorry, real quick, I see Dave Omer says that I'm a liar because I used to play hockey. That's it. I forgot. No, I you, I worked with him at a newspaper. Uh, I was a newspaper reporter and I didn't really play. They would play in the office and which was kind of hazardous. And then if the puck ever hit, me, it was like a rubber puck. And if it ever hit me, I kept it. I put it in my desk and then they couldn't play anymore. <laughs> um, okay. So someone says, oh, Paul, Paul again, your friend Paul again says, going with number two, I think I am as well. I think you, I think you have applied, or no, sorry, I think you have not applied to college and I think you are the fifth Juliet in your family. So I think you cannot drive stick shift. Number two, final answer. Ding, 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 you got it. I'm such a <laughs> <Yes>. bad liar. <laughs> no, no, I mean like just by you listing it, I didn't know. I was just trying, me trying to figure out like. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like only the second time I've been able to do this out of however many episodes before. So I get really excited when I actually get this correct. So if you, if I missed, uh, if I messed up, you would get five points. But because I got it correct, you get 10 points because I'm very happy now. <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> it's pretty easy to get points in these games. So <laughs> FYI. I love uh, it. <laughs> so yeah okay so tell me tell me let's let's uh, elaborate on these a little bit tell me about how you never applied to college okay so it was that crazy time in high school where everybody's freaking out and picking their schools and all that stuff and I just got a letter in the mail from the University of Maryland Baltimore County and they were like hey um we'd love to have you and I was like sounds good thanks <laughs> 
just went there. Like I didn't apply anywhere else. I was like, okay, this works. Why? I mean, like, where? What were you thinking at that time, though? Too like, what were you wanting to do? Or it was just kind of you were kind of just. Are you just a go with a flow type of person, or were? Um, a little. Uh, I think also like because I grew up close to the main University of Maryland campus and that's where everyone wanted to go. And I was like, I do not want to go to college with all the people I went to kindergarten with at all. So <laughs> because it was further away, I was like, this is great. I can, yeah. you know, stay in the area, but not with the people I don't like. So <laughs> it worked out great. <laughs> I like that thought process too though like I don't want to go too far but I really don't want to stay with these people anymore um and I guess I don't I don't remember how uh, colleges just send like when they when they how do they find you like how are they stalking people to (laughs) well apparently when I was in sixth grade I read at a 12th grade level on like Mm. standardized testing so Johns Hopkins included me in a study I was totally oh. unaware of. Huh. <laughs> I, was just... I was gonna be like some amazing person and like a high profile career. I yeah. definitely really high expectations. From there. <laughs> yeah. But I like yeah. that, that once you get on the list of something, they're like, oh, let's keep an eye on her. And then uh-huh. they were waiting, they wrote it when you were in sixth grade. And so then once like, oh, she's graduating now, send that letter out, send that letter. <laughs> right random but you know, it worked in my favor I just think it's so funny because everybody else was freaking out and I was like yeah I'm not doing any of that uh, yeah I I don't remember people pan- I, I guess I, I don't know I didn't talk a lot about stuff because my friends like we applied to whatever places but it was pretty pretty laid back so I don't remember people panicking <laughs> too much um but I so, so you went to school uh I know that you. I know that you've talked about like your the minor in history and all that too, mm-hmm. though, and and in your in your uh, the biography stuff too that you sent me. Uh, you were planning on getting more into like actual working with the government and politics since you did the the political science and history and international relations. Um, so, but then you you said that like once you found out that like the, you know the government sucks, so let me not do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, I guess what was the. I guess a moment when that happened or like what were there was there a specific time or was it just like over the course as you were in school or after where you were like I don't want to do this yeah you know I think it was just somewhere it was definitely in between semesters Mm. and I was just I was just getting more and more disillusioned because I went in you know bright-eyed like ready to change the world and do good and then the more I learned I was like oh my gosh this is not gonna work for me um yeah which was kind of disappointing because I I was gung-ho at first and then I had this really really cool professor who was kind of like he'd been a DC insider a bit um and he told us like the truth about everything. He was kind of what they would now would call a conspiracy theorist, but I, I don't think it was theories. Like I think he knew what he was talking about. Right. But they always call everyone conspiracy theorists <laughs> when they're like actually saying things that are end up being true. So Right, right. And so he really opened my eyes to stuff like you know, corruption and the what we think we know is not necessarily the truth <laughs> about what the government's right. up to. So, uh, and then, you know, four years of college and I was just kind of like, great, now what do I do? Because I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. How, uh, 
was yeah i guess like when you spend that much time though too figuring out like hey this is something then once you get it and you're like i is this the direction i spent you know several years doing this and now you're just kind of like yeah what do i do with my life now (laughs) yeah i feel like every like a lot of people feel that way after college and i think it's because 17 year olds have no idea Uh what they want to do they think they know but realistically you're getting locked into a career path before your brain has finished developing and so right yeah yeah definitely and I I mean I still say I don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I I feel you on that yeah (laughs) and I'm 30 so (laughs) right yeah no I yeah I'm so there with you I have a lot of ideas I don't know which one's gonna pan out Right. And I, I guess my other thing too, just as far as like career stuff goes, is that I, I, I've never come across something where I can feel like, I, I like people who have like, oh, I've been doing this for 30 years and you love it or whatever. Like, that's great. But I've just never had a job or something where I've been like, this is something I can see myself doing forever because right. I'm just like, oh, I like to try different. Like I, when I look back, like I have like just random, I worked with middle school kids in an after school program. I, I did a newspaper reporter, you know, it's just like random things. I'm like, I never expected to do any of this stuff, but I really like all these experiences though too. I don't want to do them all forever, but I'm really happy to like have done them for some point in time. That is exactly how I feel. I feel like yeah. I just, like I Goldilocks my way through life right yeah. now. <laughs> Try this for a while. And I, I, and it feels like, okay, like, well, you're just kind of meandering around, but like, but you get to experience different things. And um, yeah. I, one thing I never thought of was that I, before like COVID hit, I was pretty adamant. I'm like, oh, I'm don't, I don't want to own a house. Like we're in Chicago, we have an apartment. I'm like, I don't, cause I, I might want to travel around or like move mm-hmm. somewhere else. But then once COVID hit and then everything was like, man, things are getting crazy. I want to be away from people. Like maybe I just, right. so, like, move, we moved to rural Pennsylvania and bought a house. I'm like, if I want to travel, I'll try, I can go around. And then we have like a, a home base though to go to when, right. thing, when, when things go crazy. So like, I, I prefer that, but it was like, even early on, like in that same year in 2020, like it was specifically like, I don't want to own a house. And then just a few months later, like, let's look into buying houses. <laughs> That's but, awesome. How did, how does it feel to go from Chicago to rural Pennsylvania? I grew up around here. I mean, I grew up in oh, okay. a small town uh, in here. Um, so it's not too far Oh, it's like 10 minutes away. But like now this is just like outside of any sort of town life. But I, I you know, most, the most people, people, the most that I talk to are like chickens and geese around here. And I like them a lot more than a lot of the people that I have to talk to. So right. That's awesome. Um, so it's, yeah, it's nice to, and just like you're out of like the wokeness and stuff too. Yeah. Like here it's uh, much like, oh, even like, uh, we moved back last year and even with COVID, it, it just didn't really feel like no one was really concerned about that. Like masks weren't really that much of a thing either. Like, and now they're definitely not like some people here and there might have them on and, and they're weird to me. Cause they're just like, <laughs> you're standing out that I'm like, um, like certain stores and stuff, they might have, have masks on. I'm like, why no one else does. Right. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But uh, so it, it's nice to just kind of, feel, and then when you hear people, especially, you know, doing what we do online and stuff, like you keep hearing all the other people talking about the craziness in the cities and things like, oh, is that still going on? Like, right. it's not that happening. Yeah. <laughs> COVID isn't a thing over here. So. Right. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, oh, so I got it off on a tangent as far as career stuff goes, but, um, was there, let me see, what, what were your other things here? You, so the college thing, I just, that's what I figured. You look smart, you talk smart. Uh, <laughs> so I figured, yeah, she didn't apply to college. Stick shift. So do you drive the non-stick shift automatic? Is that, I don't even yeah. know car terms. Gosh. And we had, like, my parents had a car that was stick right mm -hmm. up until I started driving. Like, it died within the year I started driving. And I still kind of wish I knew how, but, like, I literally don't know a single person that has a stick shift car. Yeah. So. Uh, people don't really, you don't need it. Well, at least here, when, so, again, before COVID hit, we were going to go to Ireland uh, um, and travel. And I really, and I still want to go. I still have the plane tickets. Instead of getting my money back, I was like, sure, I'll take a voucher and get 10% more. And I have through 2025. But then I was like, well, I didn't realize this whole thing was going to last for multiple years. So we'll see if, we're, if it's still <laughs> going to be worthwhile going. But, uh, but there, to rent a car, uh, the automatic ones were like a thousand dollars more because they're like imports and everyone uh -huh. just drives stick shift there. And I'm like, well, neither of us knows how to drive. But right. now I was like, if we go, let's save that thousand dollars and we just learn how to drive stick shift in the next three years. And I think we'll be okay. Right. Jeez. I didn't know that. It's good to yeah. know. Honestly. Yeah. If you, if you're going to travel around, well, and we, cause they have like bus tours and everything, but again, I hate people. So I want to be able to like travel <laughs> like, alone, alone yeah. and like right. on our own time or not on the schedule because we just like to stop and check out different places and stuff so we like I don't want to have to be like yes this bus is going to stop here like no no let's go to this random place that has a bunch of sheep or something you know, like I, <laughs> yes um so I totally I, get that my dream vacation for like years has been there are these self-driving tours in Iceland where they just give you like a car and an itinerary yeah and you just drive like that's my ideal vacation no <laughs> other people and I do whatever I want the whole time right right yeah right. like it's just like the suggested thing but these are the things to, and that's what I want too because I I don't want to have to like research stuff I just want to be told go to like here are your yeah. options go to these places and like yeah I'll check out everything I just right. don't feel like having to like look it all up and, <laughs> um, <laughs> right and we like road trips too because we'll we'll do it and we're just like oh let's stop here for the night and we'll find mm -hmm. a place and so I I, I like that uh, idea. Although don't do that as much in Alaska. Cause when we were driving up there, we were at Denali, like the, the mountain. Uh -huh. uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. It's like, it's two hours away from anything. And when we got there, it was like, you know, after 10 PM, maybe it was around midnight or something. And everywhere, all the places around, they're all like campsites that closed right. by 10 PM. And you're supposed uh -huh. to like schedule in advance. And then the nearest towns are two hours North or two hours South. And we're like, well, I guess we'll just sleep in the car off the highway. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and it got cold and I'm like, but we'll save like 300 some dollars in a, in a hotel. So, but, um, so it does, so sometimes you have to, but then it's good to have a car, but sometimes you have to be careful. Right. Jeez. That's like you like survived in the wilderness of Alaska. <laughs> it was in the summer though. So it was beautiful. So if you haven't been up there, uh, it, it was gorgeous. And oh, as yeah. far as like cities go, Anchorage is like, it just, it didn't feel like it, it was like, it was really spread out. Like the road, the roads were even wide where it just felt wow. like this is not cramped like any city oh, that I've been in. Um, yeah, it was very beautiful. Ugh. Uh, so definitely my advice is to check out Alaska if anyone. Yeah, I want to. That's on my list. 
So, uh, anywhere in like the Northwest too, because uh, if you go to Oregon, um, Crater Lake National Park is probably the most beautiful park that Ooh. I've been. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a giant, it's literally what it's like. It's a lake and a giant crater and it's gorgeous. And you can walk down, they've got like a, the, the, the pathway downward. That was really exhausting for me going upward. And it was embarrassing that like an old lady was able to like trek it much better than I was. And I'm like, I need a break at each switch back. <laughs> Um, but getting down there, it's like really like uh, beautiful uh, crystal clear Ooh. water and you can just sit down there and there's even an island called Wizard Island oh. in it and there's a ferry that gets there, but we, we weren't there like in the right time or so like I think we were late, but there's just like this tiny island in the middle too, so. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so yeah, if you yeah if you travel around the states, then I know some different national parks. So let me know. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so you don't drive stick shift, but no one really needs to unless you're going to like Ireland or something. Um, and then the third thing was what was it again? I forget. Uh, your fifth fifth Juliet. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. It, because of the family that you, and that was, and I, I guess I cheated a little bit just because of the biography that you gave and like, oh, you're the youngest like, and your parents were older uh -huh. when they had you and <laughs> yeah. and just like the, the you know, they, they had like good family yeah. values and things like that yeah. seems like they probably will name you after someone like people in the family. Right. But then, but then I question it because it's like, well, if she's the youngest, why wouldn't they have named an older sibling? Juliet first right. so then I doubted it I was like well maybe they didn't <laughs> so uh, so which other Juliets are there in your family okay so the way it works is like the sister of a Juliet names one of her daughters Juliet so oh. we'll have like you know if like for me I had an aunt Juliet and a, I have a niece that's a Juliet which is kind of cool there are usually about three of us alive at once right. um but it's funny because so my parents, for those that don't know this, my parents were like really much older when they had me. My dad was already retired. My mom mm -hmm. was 48. So yeah, yeah. You said your dad was 60, your mom 48. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I have an older sister and then I have half siblings, but I have an older sister. So technically like she should have probably been the Juliet, but my dad was like, that's dumb. We're not doing it. <laughs> And so my mom was like, whatever. And then, um, so when I came along, they were, she was kind of like, well, you know, we didn't expect a second one. So what about this one? And he was like, no, it's so stupid. But then I was born two months early, mm. a year to the day that one of the other Juliet's died. Oh. So my dad was like, you know, I'm superstitious. I'm just not going to mess with that one. <laughs> she can be a Juliet. Wow. Yeah. So it was just the name was passed on on the same day. Eww, yeah, it was like a total fluke. Yeah. Well, how does it feel then to to be one of many Juliets in your family? <laughs> it was really annoying when I was little. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Even now, when I was working in restaurants, it's so irritating because every time, "Hi guys, I'm Juliet," blah blah blah, and they'd be like, "Oh, where's Romeo?" And it's like, "Oh okay, yeah." You're the first, mm -hmm. the first to ever make that joke. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever? So you you've always just gone by your full name though, too, or do you do nicknames of when Jewel, I was Jules? Like growing up, I really went by Julie a lot. Mm. But then I don't know. As I got older, I was kind of like, you know, there's there are Julies and Julias, but there aren't a lot of Juliets, mm -hmm. and it just makes it easier for other people to remember your name and. 
Right. Yeah. And it, it makes me think in modern times, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Psych, but I yeah. immediately think that like, uh-huh. and she's a great character. So yeah, she is. Uh, but it's, and it was also unexpected then too. Like, oh yeah, like there aren't very many people named Juliet. Um, well, you're not alone. And I, I also have a cousin named Beverly too. So she's <laughs> yeah. much older than me because she's closer to my mom's age, I think though. But she, so I think partly named after her because they were close, I think. And then also, I think my dad said that Beverly was like a fighter pilot or, some, or some, something in World War II. I don't know. I forget what she, so like there's some sort of historical figure and I don't know. I just still think it's an old lady name though. That's like <laughs> no one under 80 has it. And then I hate being called Bev. So like similarly, oh, nice. I, I prefer either the whole name or like any, I tell people any other nickname, <laughs> call me <laughs> the worst things ever. Like, Hey, you is fine too, but I just, right. <laughs> anything else. Um, so your siblings are all like 20 plus years older than you. Um, and I, how many, you, you said you have several, you have a few half, you have one sister and then half siblings. Right. So my, my full sister is like almost nine years older than me. And then I have three half siblings that are like in their fifties or above mm. from my dad. Um, so that, I mean, it's just weird. Like I remember being really little and one of my half siblings was like married and he has a son that's just a few years younger than me. So like we're siblings, but he feels like an uncle. You yeah. Know? Oh uh, yeah. I see again. That's why I said we have a lot of similarities. Cause like, I relate to that, not just me, but my boyfriend too. So I have three older half siblings and they're older by like eight, 13 and 17 years. Oh wow. Yeah. So, so like my sister is pretty much like old enough to be my mom. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then my, my boyfriend, he's the youngest boy of three, but then they, uh, his parents adopted three girls later on over time too. So then there's three, but like the youngest to the oldest brother and to the youngest girl, is like 22 years I think and so there's just and then I I think the difference in age between his sister and my sister what is it like 30 years apart or something like that so wow yeah and then it gets confusing too because like oh like his his siblings their kids are like close in age to like his sister so it's like are you aunt cousin Uh yeah welcome to my family (laughs) that's exactly it I'm like I we're related I have no idea how (laughs) right and the families just keep getting bigger and bigger and you're like I don't know who any of these people are (laughs) yeah Uh, even uh at on Easter my one aunt it was just like all all my cousins have kids and stuff and and they we did like an egg hunt the Saturday beforehand but like all the kids got to go first like we were waiting like the adults all the adult cousins were like waiting to go but the kids got to go first and they're like we're gonna we're gonna take y'all down I'm like I don't even know who all these children are (laughs) who do you belong to I am gonna beat you all (laughs) I love it um but yeah, they're just like all the rugrats everywhere. And you uh, said you were a nanny, right, for ten years. Yeah. So, so you do apparently like or at least tolerate children to some extent. Yeah. No, I actually, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm like good with them. I don't know what that like <laughs> translates to. They like me a lot. And, yeah. You know, I like doing kid stuff, arts and crafts, and lightsaber battles. And see, I think that's why why kids will like you because I have this like I always say like oh I hate kids but everything that I like to do is th- or things th- or that children like to do too so I think that's <laughs> we just get along well right yeah. exactly yeah um, no I love nannying I like highly recommend it for anybody that's 
like college age and is decent with children. It's like a really fun job to have before you have major responsibilities in life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like it, I, my only experience has been like working with the middle school kids. Yeah. Um, and it was just like the after school program at the Y and I was like a tutor, but they, I don't know. Yeah. They, they, took to me pretty quickly because I think like they were impressed like oh like she knows Pokemon I'm like yeah I've known Pokemon since before you were born shut up kid right like don't don't get me started on that um one of my favorite times like we'd have like a little snack time at 4 p.m and so like we go down to like the cafeteria and uh and the the boys were sitting around and I was I wasn't really paying close attention I was sitting next to them like eating and then I just heard the one kid I think he was talking about a video game and he was just saying something like yeah that guy was a dick and then they all like gasped and turned and looked at me and and I heard it and I just ignored it and I didn't say anything and then so they just like waited and then there was just the collective sigh of relief (laughs) and then after that I was like I heard that. <laughs> it was just so fun to like mess with them all the time. I prefer seventh and eighth graders because they were really good at so, like getting sarcasm. Cause I was like, yeah, I can make fun of you guys and you get it. It's oh character building, but sixth yes. grade, sixth graders, it just went over their head. And I was like, I don't like talking to you guys as much. No, I know. I totally get that. Cause I'm just naturally sarcastic. Like I don't mm-hmm. even think about it. That's just how it comes out. And I remember dealing with young kids. Like I would say stuff and they'd be like, I don't get it. What yeah. it what, I'm like, Oh man, like you can't explain sarcasm i know yeah yeah to, to like a nine-year-old jeez don't get me <laughs> just come back to you when you're older right um, but then and then even like smaller kids too i i don't know why like i've there have been like you know older like babies or old, toddler age babies i don't they always seem to be kind of drawn to me too for some reason i think maybe because i make a lot of like faces and stuff uh-huh. so, then, so they like that but I remember being at, I think it was a Canada Canada Day party, um, and it was in the backyard of a friend's house, and I just had, like, three babies on me at at one point, because I was sitting on the ground, like, on a blanket. I'm like, I don't know where they came from. (laughs) Who's are these? Is anybody missing a child? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Aloise, the viewer, says, but does she know Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Yes, I do. I watched it from the beginning. You know Seto Kaiba and Yugi Moto, and uh, I watched the English version, so there's Joey Wheeler and Tristan Taylor and uh, Taya Gardner. I do remember these, and they've had like five or six different series after that, Um, and it got really... weird because they eventually were on like motorcycles when they were playing a children's card game and so yeah I'm very familiar I even have a, a Game Boy Advance game that, where I got oh. to play oh the good old days yeah. um and Silverlock earlier too talked about finding a wizard academy in Austin he says it looks nice but one of their taglines is we are not a cult and <laughs> I really, really want to go visit that now. Yes. <laughs> so I really, I like taglines that like to explain what you're not going to be like, that you have to <laughs> defend something though too. We, I swear we do not murder people here. <laughs> like, um, Promise. Now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, no one asked. Why are you saying this? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, well, let's do another game here. Which one is it? Okay. I think it's the uh, Would You Rather. That's it. I want to do a Would You Rather game, and I'm trying to take in some stuff that of 
you know, what you've told me. So it's going to be three questions and you get to choose between the, the two, the two ideas. You can ask how, whatever follow-up questions you want. Um, and there uh, you get points if you're right, if you're correct okay. with your answers. So uh, question number one, since you have a time traveling series with your book, which I do want to talk about here soon too, uh, would you rather be in a sci-fi world like Doctor Who or Quantum Leap? And then follow up, if you're not very familiar with either of those, if you could choose any time travel fictional world, which would you want to choose? I just chose ones that I was like, I know these things. The other ones, I, was, <laughs> I don't know. Other time travel series I was looking up, I was like, I never saw this. I've heard of it. And like, yeah, I didn't bother. I'm like, that barely has time travel in it. Like, why is this listed on here? And right. Okay. So and if it, you know okay. Doctor Who, Quantum Leap, or if you, and if you don't really know, just choose one and then you can go into like a specific one that you would choose. Okay. I'm, I got to go Doctor Who. Okay. I got into that. Like, not that, I mean, within the last five years, it's the first time I had ever heard the words Doctor Who in my entire uh, life. okay. You've never heard Doctor or Who before. <laughs> <sighs> wow. What a life you've lived. <laughs> so, I loved it. I went, like, deep into the Doctor Who universe. Which did you start with? Which doctor did you start with? Um, what is his name? And you could just go by number. I don't know that one either. Um, I don't know the number. The, the one that says excellent. Excellent. Eckleman? Is that the, uh, which one's Eckleman? Oh, it's the one oh, with Rose. Oh, oh, ninth doctor. That was the first yeah. one. Who's the bald one? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Ninth doctor. Ooh, wow. Okay. So usually I think for people, the first doctor they come across is their favorite. Is that true for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I uh, I, he's not because. Tenth Doctor was my introduction uh -huh. to. So David Tennant, who was born to be the Doctor, I don't know if you he know was his story. Perfect, mm -hmm. and he loved it. He was obsessed with it. He, I think, his was the fourth or fifth Doctor that he really loved, and then he ended up marrying his real life daughter um, of the of the fourth Doctor. So that, and then he became a like I'm like, no, you were you were meant to be the Doctor here. Like, there's no right. doubt in my mind, but. But so then I watched Ninth Doctor after my introduction. So he was just like, wow, oh, okay. But he's your favorite. I respect that because he's the first <laughs> one you came across. Um, okay. So, so you do like the, how much have you seen? I stopped watching in like 12th Doctor, the beginning of 12th. I stopped. So I was nine. So I liked, I liked, yeah, I liked those three. And then the 12th one is the older gentleman, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He lost me. And then I tried to watch the new doctor, the girl. The and woman, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing here? Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Yeah. When I saw that happening, I was already not watching it. I was like, well, no reason to get back into it now, I guess. Like that seems really unnecessary to change this because they already right. had time lords and time ladies so it just seemed like uh i don't know yeah yeah that's yeah why not just ruin something that's been around for decades mm -hmm. yeah know. they've never had this before they never talked about anyone ever like switching sexes when they've changed like there was just some sort of consistency and then you're like no let me change it now and uh uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, uh, but I have heard that they they're still going on, and then that that they might be kind of backtracking and maybe retconning yeah. some stuff. So I was like, if that happens, maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out again. 
I am a completionist. Like, even if I'm not going to like it, I probably would still like, let me watch the 12th doctor through everything. So that way I just know what happened. Even right. if they ret retcon it all, I still want to know what they're retconning. <laughs> like, I just need to know. I totally get that. <laughs> I do that with books. Like usually when you're reading a book and you hate it, you stop reading it. Now I feel like compelled to hate read the rest of the book. <laughs> it varies. It, it's, sometimes it's like oh, maybe it's like an ambivalence thing they're like oh if you're kind of like ah eh, whatever you might stop but then like if you're really passionate one way or the other you're like well now I need to know what this <laughs> is or, but I also I think like with tv shows and movies I yeah if it's kind of meh I'm uh, probably I might stop but it depends like how much if, if I don't realize that it's kind of terrible but I'm like halfway through the movie I'm like well <laughs> I've already started it I gotta commit <laughs> Um, so I do that a lot, but I'm also, I also like to start from the beginning. So whenever I watch shows, even like, you know, YouTube, like when I start a mm -hmm. new channel and I'm like, let me go back to the 500th episode at the beginning here and let me work my way through until I catch up because that's, and I did that with unsafe space. Like I started with episode one and then I watched, I was just a fan and like 420 episodes in, I caught up to the live streams. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so then, so I think I'm the only person who's seen all of the episodes ever because like now that I edit them all and stuff too, like not even those who are like, no one, not everyone watches everyone else's series and stuff I'm like, but me, I do. I see it all. You're like the encyclopedia yeah. of unsafe. I love it. Um, okay. So back to, to the would you rather. So you're choosing Doctor mm -hmm. Who. Mm -hmm. If you were choosing any time travel fictional world, it could be TV, movie, book, though, what would you choose? Still Doctor Who or something else? That's tough. Um, cause like a lot of them are bad. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go into that world. Um, Yeah, I guess Doctor Who, just because it's, like, all-encompassing. Mm. You can do anything in Doctor Who. You can end up in, like, you know, medieval stuff or super sci-fi. Yeah, because you're traveling worlds and stuff, too. Right. So, like, so it's, it's you know, time and space, which makes it more exciting rather than, like, oh, you're not just going back to, you know, you know actual... <laughs> 1700s right. here and like well now i'm stuck without any sort of indoor plumbing for however long and uh yeah so it, that way you at least get to yeah experience other other worlds and things which is cool so all right i dig it i dig it i don't know what i'd choose i probably that too i'd have to factor in i have to like look at more lists and of things because i'm sure there's like cartoons and stuff that have time travel that'd be like i'd rather do this right <laughs> this right world. But time travel is tricky, too. That's why, again, like once we're done with Would You Rather, I'll ask you about your book series because uh, it, it can be it can be tough. You know, like even Marvel, when they're doing their time travel with things, too, like there are issues with like, oh, here's here's the absolute point in time. And I'm like, well, but if if everything is kind of like, oh, if it's in the future, how can there be? And so like, so there's all kinds of stuff. We don't need to get into all that now because I will. I'll probably ask you stuff about your book in it, okay. too. But <laughs> But I'll give you a point. So you get one point for choosing Doctor Who. Yes. All right. Good job on yes. there. Um, hello, G-Man. Hello, Care Sar St. Joseph. I still don't know if I pronounce your name. Care Sar St. Joseph. Um, oh, Mr. Sparkle Gleam. My favorite part of Doctor Who time travel is that you can totally just break rules you've already set depending on if the plot <laughs> demands it. He, he is... Uh, 
<laughs> he is my my gentleman caller. So and, and every time I th- talk about time travel, he hates it. Like cause he most things because like he's just like this doesn't stick with anything. Like you can just do whatever you want. You throw uh-huh. away different things. So he's very particular with time travel stuff. Um okay. Question two. Would you rather write a super successful psychological thriller or be the person who helps overturn or like as the main person who helps overturn someone's wrongful conviction. Wrongful conviction. Even if you end up, and I didn't, I I left it open though, but like, even if it were, you didn't really get the notoriety for doing so. Yeah. Can you imagine being sentenced to like 40 years and you know, you really didn't do it. Like, yeah, I feel like I would, I'll take the karma. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And again, like that's, you know, we've talked about uh, uh-huh. about being uh, upset about wrongful convictions. And I actually do know someone, I was pen pals with him. He's in Texas and he was sentenced to prison for 40 years oh um, my gosh. for a, 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 was it like a, an aggravate, it was a, a robbery and it was, a, I forget what it's called, like aggravated robbery or something. It's like people mm-hmm. got hurt. No one was murdered though. No one died. It was just a robbery. Um, oh. and, that, and that he likely didn't even do. Uh, I heard first heard about it on a podcast called the Truth and Justice podcast. And like, yeah, the, I've heard of that. Oh yeah, yeah. The information that they had on there made it seem like that the things were corrupt, even in the trial. Like someone stepped in as the guy who got who got robbed and beaten up, but it wasn't even the same guy because the podcast interviewed him later, and he's like, "I never went to the trial." And then like the description of what they looked like was completely different. And oh then, my gosh! Um, and then the guy who and the guy was a boxer the one who was arrested and he i think his his like i forget like parole officer or something someone he was working with was also his like manager and they were like trying to keep him boxing like so it's just like you know like really shady stuff that like mm-hmm. they were forcing him to stay around but then and and he he was going to get on like probation or something but then he left the state so they pulled they're like no like now you're going to prison for 40 years because you you had to stay and be a boxer forever um so it was really upsetting to hear like there wasn't much that they could be they could do about it but oh my um, gosh his name was uh kenny snow and so he's a boxer down and then i wrote to him because i felt bad like i wanted to just reach out because the podcast stopped doing stuff and and uh so we've we talked like back and forth for a while but he i need to reach out to him again because he like drops off Uh and i know he's up for parole this year because it's been 20 years so this is the year i think in october maybe he's supposed to be up for parole that he might be able to get out but again 40 years no one died there are people who have murdered others who've been in like prison for 20 years or less. And like, right. Um, so he really got, uh, yeah, the, the, the terrible end of the deal there. Um, and it was in Tyler, Texas. I do remember that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very, like, I, I definitely have the whole like wrongful conviction thing. It makes me, it makes me really sad. So I think that's very generous of you to be like, yeah, let me help try and save someone, even if it means they're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to be famous as a writer or something. Um, So I'll give you a point for that. (laughs) Correct answer. Uh, Hi, Zato. Um, Question number three. Uh, Again, you were a nanny for 10 years. So would you rather help declutter a mansion-sized house with junk in every room or nanny 10 rapscallion children for a week (laughs) straight? But you're like essentially, you know, parenting them like 24 hours a day, seven days a 
a week? That is such a good question. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like I'm stressed out by both of <laughs> That was the goal of like, which do I, which can I handle? Uh, Mansion-sized um, house. I, I'm trying to picture of like what the mansion, it's the rich person with a, you know, giant house and junk everywhere. So they just spend all, a bunch of money collecting whatever. Like, like shove it. Uh, yeah. And they've got it all. And then like, maybe they're just collectors too of, of like old, you know, maybe that's still newspapers and stuff too. Like, so they're kind of on the hoardery side, but, uh-huh. but I'll say that, like, I, I'll clarify that it's not like, you know, rat infested or anything like that. It's, <laughs> it's junk, not like filth. Um, oh man. Zato says declutter is less stressful than ten rapscallion children. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards declutter, like the mandin full of junk, just because at least I can listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't can do it all alone. I mean, yeah, I can. Add- I mean, that's kind of why I like it. I just like yeah. listen to something, get in the zone. Nobody bothers me. So what if what if I combined them and said that like what if you had ten rap scallions that that you had to watch while you decluttered a house? You think that they would be helpful or just make things uh, ten times worse? I feel like I would lose th- one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd be like counting. I'd be like, oh come on, like we're missing two. Where are they? <laughs> Trap somewhere underneath like a pile of, of right. clothes that fell on them in a room. Yeah. And- can't hear their screams they're just oh like up God. on the third floor mansion now <laughs> yeah that's like a stress nightmare <laughs> like just the 10 kids in an entire house packed full of stuff yeah oh my gosh but you know that you would eventually find them because you're going to declutter the entire house so like depending on how long that takes whether they'd survive that time but uh, right well but eventually you'll find them yeah <laughs> Okay, we'll say declutter. You get to listen yes. to podcasts, do stuff alone, and yes. if and if they're rich, you're probably getting paid a decent amount. I mean, you better be. So. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, with ten rap scallions, I don't know. They might just be like orphans or something, and you, you <laughs> acquired them in some way. Like, who knows what that situation is, though. I know. Why am I picturing like Oliver Twist? Like yeah. they, they're all like dirty and smudged, but they yeah. like break into song and dance. <laughs> Well, so that could be entertainment while you clean the house too. <laughs> I'm gonna just, teach them. Or if they're like from thing. Annie, they already know how to clean stuff because they're cleaning the floors and stuff. So they might, they might be helpful. <laughs> but then that might require you to like adopt them later, and that just seems oh like a lot more a lot. work. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll get you give you a third point for that. Three for three on this Would You Rather game. That brings you to 13 points total so far. You're up there on the scoreboard. You're doing great. Yay! Uh, (laughs) You're totally winning Um, (laughs) so far. We'll see how things go the rest of this show. Um, Okay, Uh, now that we're done with that game, I do want to ask you, can you tell me about your your trilogy and and what it's about, how you got into it? And you you self-published beforehand and you're Mm -hmm. looking to get it published through a small publishing house soon too, right? Yes. So in 2016, I self-published and it actually did like decently. I went up to book conventions and, you know, hawked it on Instagram back when book Instagrams were really big. We just learned about that. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, And like then these, people from like all over the world would message me and ask if I would send them a copy for a review or 
whatever. And I get this message from this girl in Pakistan that does a book box. And she's like, look, you know, we can't really afford to buy a bunch of copies. But if you're interested, we'd love to include your book in our book box. So I sent 25 copies to Pakistan. Wow. And I have all these like screenshots of like when they got their book boxes and they took pictures of it. So it's like, it's just wild to me that somewhere in Pakistan there are people that read my book. Yeah. Can you describe what a book box is specifically? So it's like one of those subscription things where okay. every month you'll get, you know, a box. And usually those, it's like you'll get like a book and then stuff that's related like a candle or socks okay. that are the so same color you one know one book but like kind of like mm -hmm. related or at least something that might go along with like a person who reads a book might also like socks and candles is that exactly <laughs> okay. yeah or like a mug or whatever yeah. and then usually they have like a book club meeting not in person but like online hmm. every month so it's just a yeah. I mean, I don't know that those are as popular as they used to be. I'm kind of out of the loop now, but for a while there, that was such a thing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, though. I, I do like the thought yeah. of like, oh, you're shipping that out and then you just have random Pakistanis. <laughs> yeah, reading. this is wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I self-published. That was honestly so much work. Tons of work. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, because uh, you're going to be like self-promoting and you're trying to push out everything right. and trying to get it all out. And uh, that's something like, uh, I know that on, on 451 Degrees too with Alex, like she's talked, she's had a guest on to talk about self-publish and, and mm -hmm. like the reason why, because now with a lot of publishing places, they might be like woke and, and they're only going to publish certain right. things if you have like the, the right ideas in there, characters and stuff. So self-publish kind of seems like the way to go for a lot of people too right. unless you find a company that might be like yeah we're we're open to like actual diversity of thought and, and all that right yeah and I remember when I first was looking that was at the very beginning of the publishing companies really starting to push the woke stuff to where I mean I would look at some of the submission guidelines and they were basically like if your main character is white just don't bother uh -huh. like we're looking for other races and it's like okay that's fine like I don't you know whatever but it just was like really hard and it takes a long time to hear back from anybody so you're just waiting forever yeah um, yeah and so it's really bothersome that they think that like you have to like to make the like the certain races or whatever though too because like you write kind of what you're what you what you know and what you're familiar with though too and mm -hmm. and that's uh, like so it's not like you're trying to like I only want white people in or I only want like but you're just like that's I see myself I'm half a white and half Asian and whenever I write stuff like in my mind I just do white people initially because I grew up in a small white town like that's just what I know like that's what I picture in my head but I don't really think about like uh, having like forcing a different race in there it's just kind of like the, the natural state that I go to Absolutely. Like, I just, I, I wouldn't even attempt to really, like, write a main character that I didn't, I wasn't able to, like, personally identify to. with. Yeah, like, and I just 
feel like you're just going to end up offending everybody anyway. Right. And, and it's also like, I, you know, you can write a different rate. Like if the race doesn't matter, then you're just like, okay, like I can slap on whatever color and I can still, I mean, I can relate to someone who's white or black and like, when you're, right. uh, so like that's possible too, but it's just like, but why, but it's, it's just this weird point. It's like, well, why does that race matter if I'm not actually going to, to say anything about it? So then like, can't they just be white but then like are you going they want either like you either need to be a race and then you you need to like fall into like the stereotypes to show that like you understand the culture but then you're also like you can't do any stereotypes because that's racist and so they just right. kind of, like, they always go back and forth they'll be angry no matter what and you're like that's why i wanted to stick with white people right? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so yeah so i i only got one it is three parts i i'll say like i pretty much wrote out the whole thing and realized it was just way too long. So I mm -hmm. broke it into three and I only put out the first one because then life just kind of got in the way and trying to like self promote and work and just live a life. It was just like a lot. I think a lot of successful independent authors you see out there right now, like a lot of them are stay at home moms mm -hmm. and like I would probably have had a lot more time and success promoting myself if I had a life like that I just don't so I decided to um work on book two like editing it and then try to find a small publishing house like an independent publishing mm -hmm. house that I can work with because they're usually pretty good at reaching target audiences um but so you know I I really love writing life. I feel, and it's funny because you'd think during the pandemic, like I should have had all the time in the world. And there's something about it that was just not at all conducive to creativity for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not surprising. Uh, the, the psychological toll that it had on people in different ways, too. It was just kind of like, well, yeah, like now you're kind of, I don't know, it just makes you feel like less like free to be right. creative when you're like literally being locked down <laughs> in different ways and yeah and I I feel like if we had known from day one when the day one when they were like we're shutting it down if we had known that it was going to be like a year and a half yeah yeah I might have handled my time slightly differently <laughs> yeah, but, but you're they waiting dragged it on and you just yeah. think like yeah this is going to end soon like it'll mm -hmm. be and then I can go back and do it but then when it never was and you're just like well I think at one point it had to be like, this is just going to happen forever. So now I need to, to figure out how to, how to deal with it. Right. <laughs> I just expect this to never go away. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed when I look back, I'm like, wow, I could have like definitely done a lot of other things than just at the time. I swear in the beginning, I just scrolled through Twitter all day long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looking for updates. Yeah. Same I, I go back and forth between, so, you know, for a while I was trying to like figure like, uh, know like, oh, what's going on in the world? What's all these things, uh, you know, news and watching whatever videos. But then, then I get like, ah, I'm, I'm tired of this. Like I need a break. And then I stop like following up, like knowing uh -huh. what's going on. And then I'm like, hmm, nothing really made a difference not knowing. And I'm happier just watch, like, I'm going to watch some regular TV or, or do other right. things instead too. And I'm like, and I'm not, nothing's changing for me. So like, I don't really need to know. <laughs> Yeah, so, but they're like, I probably should know some stuff, but I, I'm like, yeah, like I'd rather just watch, you know, murder mysteries and stuff on TV. Uh -huh. <laughs> totally get fictional. it. I'm really good at just living in my own world and not knowing uh -huh. what's like going on out there. Um, I like seeing chat here that 
uh, I think what G-Man says, and half goose to me being half white and half <laughs> and half goose. Yeah, I am half goose. Uh, Johnny Boy Quick Trail says that I'm impressing myself. Uh, this one's something about decluttering. Oh, because we were talking about you, you know, decluttering houses. And I forget who it was, though, but I saw it. They said... They, oh, I'm starting to, a tree surgeon says, I'm starting to think I don't have a house under the clutter, so I just leave it. I get that. <laughs> That's why I need your help decluttering too. We'll, we'll get into declutter in a bit. But um, so you're, so the book itself, so publishing okay. wise, getting, yeah, a small, I think that is a good way to go too, because they're, you know, likely to be less catering to like the mob and, and all right. that. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, it's probably still bad ones, but like they, they might also just be like, sell your books with us. We want books. Like, right. well, we, need, we need people. Um, but the book itself, like, what, are you willing okay. to give like a yeah. You don't have to give spoilers. So we'll so we give incentive to read it. Though. Okay. All right. So um, I would say it's kind of in like the dystopian genre, but it's like got this weird twist where, Normally in a dystopian novel, right, like the main character slowly starts realizing what's going on in their society. They kind of like wake Mm -hmm. up to what's going on around them. This is different in that a girl from our time kind of accidentally ends up transported into like not the not too distant future, but it's like a total dystopian government and so she's looking at it kind of the like way we would if you just, you know, somebody snapped their fingers and we lived like in China under the social credit score and mm-hmm. stuff. So I guess that's kind of like a unique thing. And it's funny because the, the more that goes on in the world, the more I'm like, man, like this story was such a great idea for 2005 because it sounded fictional. And now it's right, like, like getting closer to that real world. But um yeah. So yeah, there's like I mean it's just like a very slight like time travel aspect. I because trust me, like time travel, the loopholes get wild. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to get too deep into that. So basically, yeah, she just gets like put into the future, and so she's kind of figuring out what's going on and trying to avoid the government, and um, she gets involved in the resistance. And it's just kind of like people in that time have, they're fighting back, but they've kind of like lost the the will, will. to fight. Yeah. And she's kind of like, no, it's worth fighting for. Like we have to, if we don't, if we don't do it, then humanity will lose the idea of freedom forever. That kind of idea. Um, it's kind of like, I tend to write in like a page turner kind of way. I don't like to waste a lot of time on descriptions or side stuff so it's it's kind of like in the thriller category um but i i mean i think if i can find the right small publishing house like i think it could do decently well because it's it's got the kind of message that i think conservatives are looking for right now like a, a solid you know freedom is worth fighting for tyrannical governments deserve to be brought down that kind of idea yeah um yeah what uh, i really like the the plot of and i think as far as like conservative 
conservatives go too. They, you, you do know, or like, you'll know that like some conservatives, they still kind of have like authoritarian sides. So it could be yeah. good to have like, here's this reminder, like of what you're supposed to be standing for and that right. like, you, you want the smaller government, you want more freedom and they um, allegedly, but, um, but then I've seen like, oh, the, that's why I, I don't usually I mean, I'm fine with those who say they're conservative, but then I, I, I stopped doing like left and right or conservative liberal because it was just a lot of it was like, well, to me, there's a, they want authoritarianism, but just like on different policies. So then they just, the government. And so, but then if I'm going to have to choose, like, I think there are more conservatives who, who believe, like they think like, oh no, like we want smaller government. So they're more on like the libertarian spectrum of things. And like, that's what I want. And I don't even care if you're on left or right. If you, if you're saying smaller government, you know, uh, more more individual freedom then you're on the libertarian spectrum between libertarian authoritarian and like and i like you like i want you over over right. here um and sometimes i think conservatives like yeah you kind of need that like reminder to say like yes this is what we are fighting for and it's worth it because like right we need to hold on to these ideals which um I, and i think that makes sense now too like if a girl in our uh, our time who who reckon, who knows what like this is what life is like that where you do have these freedoms so you're jumping like people in the future when you're I mean I guess like even right now after like a couple of years when you're kind of beaten down as far as uh-huh. uh, the the freedoms that you have and you kind and you forget you're like oh I forgot I was allowed to just go outside and not have a mask on or like you'd be outside after 9 p.m. or something though and then right. when you just get used to it for so long you're like oh this is the this isn't the new normal. This has just always been normal. And I don't even remember before that. Yeah. So I think that makes a lot of sense that like they might in the future would need someone who, who's like, no, I'm, I'm, I can tell you that like there is a different (laughs) world and different life out there. Exactly. Um, Yeah. um, So what's the name of the series? Um, It was the saving the future is what I called like the trilogy. Okay. And then the first book was, um, a sky with no stars a sky kind with of no like you know it's like a hopeless yeah bismal kind of i like anything thing. that's space related like names yeah. and stuff too so i love stars um the is there a way to find is it online anywhere for people to to get yeah so i still right now i still have the paperback i think up on amazon okay um so yeah if you like look up a sky with no stars you'll it'll it'll be there somewhere <laughs> it's like a purple cover saving the future part mm-hmm. one it just needs to load more quickly um hello internet someday someday elon musk will save the day with starlink up here but until <laughs> that day oh, comes yeah rural pennsylvania are you? Oh, yeah. can I show the? I know. Yeah, yeah, go for can it. Show, okay, because it does have your your name on here, so yeah. I didn't know that's it's okay. Okay, I'll dox myself. Okay. <laughs> um, let me share tab and click. Oh, on. All right, there we go. Oh, I really like this cover too. Thanks. I designed it. Wow. My my good friend growing up actually went to graduate school to become an animator so she had the <gasps> photoshop skills is she still doing animating 
type of thing because I really like sound design and I've been looking for someone like can I collaborate on on, like short animations with and I it's been so hard look I I mean I don't know how busy she is these days but she would definitely know people that oh yeah if they can someone uh, preferably people who are like I if they have ideas or they want like someone to write stuff too like that we can collaborate with and as Uh both poor people of working like since I don't have like money to really pay but if we could be like oh we're teaming up to try and build something that's like the better journey direction for me in college most of them uh they because I went to like an art art school so we had like animators and but they'd always like oh they want to be paid I'm like I'm in college with you I don't have money like what's (laughs) can we just my one roommate he was one so he would help me on projects and I would actually do like I'll pay part of your your rent if you do this you know do this animation project for me and so like we would do it that way but um but yeah, like I just want someone who's like, yeah, we're both poor people. We're, the starving artist thing is real. It is. It is. We all have to group together. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we've got a sky with no stars, saving the future part one. Um, and then and it's such an awesome cover. So you guys can buy this on Amazon. Yay. Um, it looks like, let me see here. You can read Kindle Unlimited paperback. Are you planning on doing um, hardcover copies ever? Because that's my preference. Oh, my gosh. Me too. So when I first put this out, there was a whole different platform that Amazon bought. So I don't know if they let you do hardcover (laughs) hardcover copies now. They definitely didn't before, but... Yeah, I'm hoping if I can get like a small publishing house, they have the hookup. Yeah, yeah. To do that kind of stuff. Because that's what I, I yeah, I. I'm wish. the same way. I like. I, I totally love hardcover. <laughs> I just feel it looks like when you see it on. We take off like the dust jackets and stuff uh-huh. too, though, because like I like the classic look of, of them, and um, yeah, like. I mean, paperback's not bad, but it's just like you get this hardy book that's like you can, you know, you can take down anything though. If I right. threw you at a wall, <laughs> dent the wall. Um, so yeah, everyone, go check out this book. Uh, wait, let me see if I can put the. It's gonna be a super long link. I'm just gonna put it in chat. <laughs> um, good, it shortened it. Uh, yeah, let me. Yay. But yeah, I oh, let me do the super chat real quick from G Man. Let me read it. G Man, thank you, Beverly. Please do a photo series with you dressed up as all the ethnic mascots who have been canceled. Aunt Jemima, <laughs> Land Lakes Girl, Uncle Ben. <laughs> I would love to do that. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and who was uh, Uncle Ben? Was a real person, right? When they took off, I think uh, he's the one on the rice. But I think he was mm-hmm. a real person who started it. And then, but I, and I just think the whole thing is, is hilarious because it's just like, well, we can't, you're, you're appropriating them. Like, well, but you're also giving them like space. Like now I'm looking at Aunt Jemima and, and, and Land Lakes girl. Cause you, you have these minorities that you're looking at and now that right. you take them off, you're just like either whitewashing with like a white person. And it's like this secretly racist thing. We're like, we just want to get rid of any, any color, colorful people. <laughs> Literally. Cause like what they didn't get rid of the Wendy's girl or Colonel. Sanders yeah. or yeah, like right. the Quaker Oats guy, <laughs> like they're all still there. Just like, uh, I don't think that worked out the way they thought it <laughs> yeah. gonna work. And so now you just see it, like people people in small rural white towns won't even know what a black person looks like because <laughs> I used to see it on my syrup, but now it's just like now I just see syrup. <laughs> oh, uh, 
Your friend Paul says, I want a signed special edition. Uh, what is HC? Hardcover. Hardcover, hardcover. Okay. Hard copy. Yeah. No. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> when I get them. Yes. I want it, one Paul. too. <laughs> um, I want to learn. It's totally random, but like, about like book binding. Like when you make you uh -huh. know, like, your own hardcover, like that seems cool to cool in like the super nerdy way, but that seems like something I'd be interested in doing. I think I've kind of done that with like fake stuff. I think my boyfriend made a, for D and D, he made a spell book. Uh, <laughs> and he made it out of like a car, um, cardboard cover and just kind of drew and made like old, old looking paper and stuff. Um, and I used to, I remember making like, did you ever do like old style paper? Like where you, where you do tea bags and like you burn the edges to like make it look oh, like yeah. it's old. Cause I, I would do that for, Aww. I think we had to do it in school. Like we did some sort of project and uh and we had I forget what it was though but like we had to like write like old old papery stuff and and I think I also made maps and things for fun um when I was younger oh my gosh <laughs> I did too that's so fun we were like destined to be I, know, right? <laughs> I, I think when I was really little I'd do maps like my what was it I think my dad I'd, I'd make maps for my dad to find like I'd hide stuff and make or he would I don't remember which one it was if I did it and then it made him have to find things that I hid around like the house or like or reverse but I do remember that vaguely oh the good old days the where children days. like actually played and yeah, <laughs> did uh, nice things like that yeah didn't have all these all the technology now um okay so the you it's just the one book that's out right now for yes. for it. Yeah. And then so and you said that you're re you're trying to get this same book republished with the publishing house mm -hmm. and then you're gonna do the next two with it yeah. as well. I mean the second one is pretty much good to go. I just because I like formatted it myself, I had to teach myself how to use Adobe InDesign to format text the right way. And I mean, I know how to do it. I think I still have the program, but it's just like a ton of work and mm. I would so much rather pass that off to yeah. somebody else. Because so. you already yeah. had to write it and everything. Yeah. And then, so I don't even, I, so I love proofreading things. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm not uh, just for like spelling grammar. Like I don't, content is harder for me because I was just like, well, you, you write what you want, but like right. I'm a like, grammar Nazi. So like, I really like doing that, except in my own writings. Cause I'm like, I already went through and wrote it all. I don't feel like having to go back and read it again. <laughs> yes. It's like when you're like making like a video and mm -hmm. you keep having to rewatch one section of it to like get the sound right or something. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I just hate the whole thing now. <laughs> yes, delete it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, similar to you and your the political science degree when I was in, in college, too, I have a filmmaking degree, but there were like yeah. some parts where I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't I mean, like the film, the production part of like having to film it and even the editing of their parts are like, this can be fun, but some of it's really tedious. Uh -huh. When you're doing production, like, you know, like lighting, you're just trying to set up lights and that could take like three hours just to get like the right shots done for. And then, but like they're group projects too, because you can't really do as much on your own. So it'd be like, right. hey, I'm getting someone to do like my cinematography. Someone's going to do like the lights for me. And, and like, I, if I'm directing whatever, like I wrote it and I'll direct it, but like, I'm going to have like have other people do these things for me because I hate it. And then, and then like you help each other out on the projects, mm -hmm. but it was just like learning about like, hate this thing, hate this thing. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. And that's why I love sound 
sound design, like when we would be in the in audio studios in the basement and we'd get to like, oh, you do the Foley works, so you're like making your own sound effects into the <sighs> microphone, you're, um, and we'd have to, we'd either do like, um, of actual movies like you take out the audio and you have to replace it with your own so you like you redub it you do of everything and that was always like the most fun for me like I loved yeah, that that sounds so cool it, it was but the, so then you found like one specific thing and they talked about like oh they might they might uh do a specific they, they talked about having like an audio program mm-hmm. and it didn't happen or it was like gonna happen after I graduated and, re- and my friends and I who really liked it like why just give it to us <laughs> right. but uh but then you just learn like okay well what do I do with this degree now because I don't particularly like like all of the aspects uh-huh. of it just liking some and so then I went on to just do a bunch of random things for like a decade so Yep. (laughs) But now I ended up, now I do video editing and producing and stuff again too. So it just, and that was unintentional. I didn't even, wasn't even trying. I was just watching on Safe Space, volunteered to like help out because they they talked about needing like some editing and stuff. And that is so cool. I technically have some experience. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But uh, yeah, so I I think that's really awesome with your book. what's your writing process though too where you, so do you you said that you kind of it's a page turner so you don't do a lot of description and all you're kind of more like the plot like this is the plot itself mm-hmm. and you're just trying to to get through without like a lot of the prosiness then yeah yeah I would say so um and I mean I kind of started like inventing this world and like the plot gosh like in like 2001 or two wow and so over the years, it's just kind of like, because some people are really, they plan, right? Like they mm-hmm. outline and they know exactly what needs to happen and then they just write it out. Um, I kind of just like get an idea and then write that scene. And then eventually I, I literally took like three by five cards and I wrote down like something like, you know, the bullet point of what that scene was about. And then I laid them all out on the floor and moved them around until it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So my problem with writing is that I, if I, I, I really like with world building and I like understanding like everything about the, the setting and characters and all that. But when I do that, I, I, I end up not writing it out. Like I'll, I'll have like the entire thing planned out and then I just never like finish it because right. I'm working on this world forever. But then if I write, like I can do kind of like stream of consciousness when I write a script or something that would mm-hmm. seem like, oh, these things are going to happen and then I can knock it out and get it done. But I was just like, I need to learn how to like do both. And that just... I, because I love, I do love the world. Like I have like different ideas that I've like worked on, but like, oh, I've been working on that for months or years or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm never actually going to do anything with it, but it's all in my head. And like, I've pictured, it'll be like years of, of a uh, time of like, oh yeah, like here's like season one or book one or whatever. Uh-huh. And then like, and I'll have the sequels and everything. Like, yeah, it's, it's all in my head, but <laughs> to write it down, I have like yeah. notes and things or drawings, but then uh, the one story I'm working on now too, I'm like, I don't even know what kind of medium to put it in because most uh-huh. of the things that I picture is like a tv series because that's just what I've always done but then I'm right. like so is it a book or is it something else but it's been fun 
what I've been doing is just like getting into the head of the characters mm-hmm. and, and then kind of doing like a day in the life, like each day. And I, and I even have like my, my word document and just have like the dates because it's like a high school thing. And so I just have uh-huh. from like you know, September 14th through whatever. And then I was just writing in like stuff that happened each day. And I'm like, I don't know, like some of it's like, oh, this isn't interesting at all. This isn't something you'd want to keep in a plot, right. but it happens like they exist in a world and uh-huh. like, the, it doesn't just end by like one scene and it's the next day I'm like you know like what's what's happening in your life and it's really fun for me to just kind oh, of yeah. like get into that mindset of these characters and and so I, again I don't know what kind of me it feels like it should be like a, a blog entry where it's just like <laughs> the next day this thing happened the next day this thing happened right um but again that's probably something I'll never actually finish because it's just going to be like writing notes forever Right. I did. Oh my gosh, though. I have like a million of things like that. I think it's one of my good friends used to always reassure me that like it's part of the process, you know, like just being creative in any form kind of works those muscles. So mm-hmm. yeah, I try to tell myself it's fine because I used to do that too. I would spend like hours trying to find like pictures on the internet to then try to like Photoshop them. And I was not good at Photoshop. <laughs> Trying to like Photoshop them together to like make it look like what I was picturing. I spent like six hours and then just never open that file again. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then, but then it's like you, 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 it's in your, in your memory now though, too. Like you did put in that time. So like it does affect you moving forward, but then, and you're like, I felt good at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it, it felt productive. And then you're kind of like, well, I'll get back to that if it, if it becomes important later. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like tree surgeon says, it's great. Well, it's great when authors spend a whole chapter describing the facade <laughs> of a house. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that I that's a thing too. Like I don't like having to I'm like maybe I'm just lazy. I don't like having to do prose on on a lot of stuff though cuz I'm like I don't know, like just picture whatever you want to picture it and right. some sometimes things might be necessary or um but then it's kind of like like but it doesn't always matter. I forget my friend told me he's a librarian and he told me some author like never really does descriptions of people though. Cause like the, and he's like kind of vaguely or mm-hmm. he's intentionally vague. Cause it's like, Oh, you can just put make them look however you want. Cause it doesn't right. matter. So like you can insert whatever stuff. So, um, so I kind of like that too, or yeah, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to describe too, too many specifics. My thing is, and maybe you can, you have advice. I'm really dialogue heavy because like from uh, like script but doing scripts and doing comedies right, right. Uh, when you do that like it's a lot of like back Uh-oh. you okay oh yeah you froze am i still here oh, yeah yeah okay all right okay it might have just been me i don't know <laughs> again rural pa internet there we so. go <laughs> totally been me but uh yeah i uh what was i saying the the oh dialogue heavy yeah. uh-huh so I don't know if you have recommendations on like what do you do when if you're if you're trying to do a book and this maybe to other authors or aspiring authors like is that an issue when especially if it's like short dialogue because again I have like here's quick back and forth because right. they're just like they're snarky with one another and uh-huh. then like, but do I have that for like a couple pages is that okay is that bad right you know I I definitely have that same problem and I think it's because like a lot of times it's almost like I'm picturing 
like almost like a movie in my head and then I'm yes. just writing what's happening. Mm-hmm. What so I tend to lean dialogue heavy, which I think in some some cases that's fine because that is what's moving the scene along is the conversation they're having. Um I definitely when I went back and was editing, I tried to use like I can't remember. I was at some book convention and one of the authors there said something along the lines of like if you need to fill some space like use the five senses like what is where where are they like what does that look like what does it smell like um you know like is it warm or cold or you know that kind of thing so just kind of environmental stuff sometimes helps um yeah I don't know it's tough because I definitely tend to be dialogue heavy unless you know they're not talking and then (laughs) it's easy to write about other stuff um it's just tricky and it's funny because I remember I really stressed out about that a lot when I was writing and trying to kind of get better at writing and then I read the Divergent series oh okay and she writes the first one very simply like her her style is really simplistic and there's a lot of dialogue and at the time that was like you know powerhouse and book sales so I was like you know maybe yeah okay everyone doesn't have to write eloquently yeah (laughs) and and I really don't that's why it's hard when I'm the idea of like writing like an actual Uh something like an author would write because again with the scripts you're not like when you describe things you're not doing it in a prose way and and when you write a script it's just here's this thing is happening at Mm -hmm. this moment like so that way you can you this is they know how to film it and like what to visualize here right but like so and that's my where my brain goes now too so like Mm -hmm. having to describe like oh like how do I make it more more flowery or something to make it interesting because I just want to do this thing happen then this thing this is what it looks like and then they said these words and <laughs> yeah uh, no I totally get it uh yeah the so I guess it makes me feel better that that other people having have your dialogue mm-hmm. I think one another thing too is that in scripts I mean when you when people talk like you have you have to hear these words and yeah. uh but then I had to learn like oh I don't have to actually have everything they say I can just write she asked this question and he responded with like and, and just have right. it in a description like they don't I don't need to actually have all the dialogue and so I'm just yeah. trying to learn how to do that I'm like oh this is weird <laughs> It's a process. I tell you what, it really is. And I mean, recently, probably because of self-publishing, I've noticed a lot of books recently where they just kind of skip the connections between big things. They just, you know, chapter break Mm -hmm. and then they start off the next chapter and they're like, you know, it's been three days and nothing happened. And now we're here we are, which I like because I always I don't like feeling like I have to invent something to like fill a gap. I just want it to like move along. So sometimes, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. Like I'll just end the chapter and pick up at the next interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's bad either. I mean, like, yeah. Writing wise, like I, I think that can totally work. And, right. um, and that's what, like for the thing I'm working, that's at, it's like that happens in writing. I, for me, I just wanted to know, I'm like, but there are things, like things are happening and it just, right. just to like know the characters more. I'm like, what, what are you doing or thinking or saying? And like, as the, the, the relationships between people build and um, mm-hmm. it's like, if it's, you know, whatever's happening off camera, like something's happening. So that way it, it just helps me to like, 
I, I just like the idea of like, here, I know these characters and I'm throwing them in different settings and like, how right. do they react? And, um, and it's fun too, because it's just kind of like, oh, when something else changes or like I change the motivation, I was like, but the scene here that I want to happen, I'm like, they react differently. And some of it, I'm like, I don't even know what's going to happen. Like, right. like where this is going to go. It's like, I have, I'm just trying to be as realistic, like, true to the character itself. And I'm like, but that right. might change like my idea for the plot in the future though too. Like maybe this other thing happens instead and, and just kind of leaving it open-ended. And I think, I think that's helped with, from like doing improv and then Dungeons and yeah. Dragons too. So like D and D, I just build the world and then I have like here are the the you know the bad guy character whatever characters right. in the world who are doing what they want but the players are doing stuff and they're affecting the world so whatever ha like things have to adjust and and then the characters change and and then new characters get added because of just like the the role play that we do and it's right. really fun to just kind of like allow like like yeah let's explore this let's find out like and how does this affect the world now and yeah so I guess I think in it, it leaves me more open in writing too where it's just like well well, I, I had planned something different, like in D and D, like I planned for these things to happen, but right. they went and over here and did something else. So like we did mm -hmm. that instead. So I kind of like that even in my own head where I'm like, well, these characters might respond differently than how I thought. So let me play this out in my head and then yeah. see where it goes. No, I mean, I've definitely had a couple times where characters kind of like took it somewhere I didn't anticipate and I mean, I feel like that means you're you've developed a strong character mm -hmm. when you're you thought this is how this was gonna work out, but then as you're writing them, you're like, that's not how they would react, and it takes you somewhere else. That's means you have a strong personality in that character at the very least. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, and you're not forcing them to do something just for the sake of the plot because, and then, and I think readers can notice that like oh that that's a natural like in movies or anything too like people right. notice that like why would that character like you we you know we, we've established how this character behaves and like why would you make that choice now and mm -hmm. um so like people can pick up on that pretty easily at least sometimes and yeah. uh, so when you're I think the biggest thing is trying to stay true to the characters but then you're also on the flip side you're kind of like but plot does have to happen to keep it interesting though too. Cause yeah. it's like, yeah, the character would actually just go back to bed at this point. And like, right. um, so like we need to like incentivize them to, to go and do something else though. And yeah. So, so like there needs to be a, re so maybe, yeah, you just have to be careful with it though. Cause like, yeah, yeah. Like maybe if, if only this happened, he would do that. So I, I'll have to kind of add in some other plot point to get right. him to react properly to it. And and not just be that's how I feel if, if I'm mm -hmm. having like a bad morning or so, like everything kind of goes messes up or you know like oh I hurt my I stubbed my toe I broke something and then you're just like I'm gonna go back and lie down in bed and just <laughs> not do anything anymore like hey let's just reset this yeah I'm just gonna wait till tomorrow and, and see how things go <laughs> right so, oh I know that feeling well <laughs> I'd be a great protagonist in a story room. <laughs> No, nope. no, no, thank not you. Today. <laughs> I, I have you ever read um, what's his name? It's How to Survive a Horror Movie. Um, no, I forget by Mac by some some well-known author. I just can't remember his name right now. But uh, it's real. It's a fun thing where you're just like it goes through like the advice of of how how to survive one, and it was pretty much like don't do anything exciting. Like stay in the parts <laughs> that are going to be like cut out of the movie, so then you get put on the cutting room floor and you're safer there. So you just like sit and do absolutely <laughs> nothing. I love that. Um, 
But uh, so it just reminded me of it too. It's like, that's what I would do if I, but even as a hero or something though, too, it's like unintentionally like, no, I'm just going to stay home and not do anything ever. So, right. Uh, don't, don't make me, let me look this up. It says how to survive a heart. Yep. This is it by, oh, uh, oh, the foreword was by Wes Craven. The book is actually oh. by Seth Graham Smith. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that name or not. Um, where is it at? Let me share this. This is the book. So it's Ooh. a a fun a fun read. I haven't read it in like over a decade, but <laughs> but if you like horror movies or if you're just worried about being trapped in one, like I am. <laughs> so that might happen sometimes. Uh, okay, let me, let's do this one, this game. I do, I like to do libs of TikTok videos. Um, and what I have is uh, I'll play the audio of part of a video for you. And then I, and sometimes I ask like, oh, like what color is the hair? What, what kind of <laughs> facial piercings do, does this okay. person have? Um, and I can't even remember which one I have on here. Let me see. I think it's what kind, it's what kind of hair. Okay. Cause I didn't okay. want to, sometimes, sometimes they don't always have like crazy hair colors. Sometimes it's something different. So right. they're still saying crazy things, but <laughs> uh, the look might be okay. So I'm going to play part of this clip. Um, and so you just listen, you know, like do what you can, like picture, you know, as, as a writer, see like, how would you write? <laughs> how would you describe this character as they're saying these words? And then I'll show you the actual one and we'll, we'll watch the whole video. Are you prepared? I'm prepared. I think so. <laughs> the, I really, really hate TikTok. So <laughs> I always have to prepare. Okay, here we go. A lot of anti-abortion advocates are also seemingly really into the idea of finding out their child's sex really early on. And I think this is because of this like underlying cultural idea that gender confers humanity. And, you know, if you're against people aborting fetuses, you need to construct them as like fully people. Okay. <laughs> so you heard that lovely, lovely lesson there from this person. Uh, so what kind of hair would you say this human has? I feel like I don't know why. I'm like picturing like the emo Ooh, like bangs yeah. thing, but like short on the sides. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, I could <laughs> I totally expect that too, especially like the way the voice the inflection uh -huh. and stuff too. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's find out. Uh -oh. <laughs> A lot of anti-abortion advocates are also seemingly really into the idea of finding out their child's sex really early on. And I think this is because of this like underlying cultural idea that gender confers humanity. And, you know, if you're against people aborting fetuses, you need to construct them as like fully people. And one of the mechanisms to do so is by inferring, by putting gender on them. So like, you know, we often call fetuses like it, or we call even early babies, we often call it, you know, babies like it, it's crying because it's like not quite gotten gender and it's not quite become a person. But like a lot of conservatives who are really anti-abortion and really pro-reproduction, they're obsessed with gendering their children before they're even born. So they come into a world fully gendered because it's like how to humanize them and to stop 
people from being able to have safe access to abortions. Well, there you have it. That uh, was like quite the argument there. I wow. I don't know if anybody else saw the like painting up on the 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 shelf behind it. I don't know. I don't know if it's a he or she. Or I know that's why that I, I just keep saying humans when I because I never know. I don't <laughs> okay, want to misgender human. anyone. There's a very odd painting. I know. Wait, let me click on it again. Cause I didn't look. A lot of anti-abortion advocates are also seemingly really into the idea of finding out their child's sex really early on. And I think this is because of this like underlying cultural idea that gender confers humanity. And, you know, if you're against people aborting... <laughs> what, is, what, is, what am I looking at? It's a bald person with a choker and a midi. But it's like... Yeah, what was it like wearing? It looked kind of like a monk monk outfit or something. But it had like (laughs) heavy eye makeup and stuff. Because it just kept slowly. I'm like, what what is it going to reveal now? And and I'm not sure. Uh, Good suspense right there. (laughs) So for those uh, just listening to the the description of this human, it was just very short, curly, like blonde hair. And glasses. That's why I was surprised too. That mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I think your description was more apropos for it. Because I'm like, why? Maybe you, they, it didn't look like they had done anything with their hair. I'm like, but maybe you should. Maybe you should go and do the whatever went on diet, spike it, something like too, to just kind of change what's happening here. Right. Uh, so because although you didn't guess accurately, your description was a lot better for what this person should have been. So I'll still give you five points for it. Yes. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> you certainly are. Although I'm not keeping track of the points anymore. So I forget. I think you're at 18. Is that right? Uh, so you have to remember your points. <laughs> I'm bad at it. Now I'm losing. I'm losing. <laughs> Because, you know, the throat, we're going to just drop in points everywhere. Um, so I think you're at 18. So, so you're doing, you're doing great so far. <laughs> uh, let me see here. I, oh, I, what was the next thing I wanted to talk about? Uh, oh, so you've talked about like there are different things that you've, you've liked to read over the last few years, especially. And, and one topic was uh, like reading books on dangers of SJW-ness mm-hmm. and debunking CRT, um, just for, because, you know, of the types of people that we have on this channel. Um, right. what, what books could you list some of the books that you've read? And I guess, what have you learned from these books? Okay, so one of the best ones, like, on, like, the CRT thing was, um, it's by D.M. Schwartz, and it's called The Cult of Critical Race Theory. He's a very smart guy. You can just tell he's, like... I never had to apply to college. (laughs) Like, one of those, yeah. I think he's, like, a doctor. I'm not sure. But he, um, he makes a really solid argument against their ideas and points out all the hypocrisy and it's like one of those that was just refreshing to read because you're like thank you none of this makes any sense but he's good at articulating why it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and it's nice because his book was like relatively short um last year i read some really long books that you just feel like they're never gonna end yeah if they drag on too long you just hmm that's fair. Um, Let me bring this book up. The D.M. Schwartz. Okay, I have here. 
This one? The cult? Yeah. Critical. Yeah. Okay. Cult he also Empathy. did, he's done, I think, two others. One was about um, Ibram Kendi's book. And then the other one was oh, the right white fr fragility. Fragility, uh, yeah. yeah the, um, although the best those books are, by the best people. <laughs> great books. Uh, he did it in a weird way, though. Like he did it as if he's having a debate with the author, but he's like he's so he's just kind of like guessing what they would say, and it came across strange. The points he made were great, but the way he did it was kind of weird because you're like putting words in their mouth. Mm. but i mean he definitely like i said it's just it's nice because he articulates it in a really simple way yeah and sometimes like the woke stuff drives me up the wall but then i'm all like oh just frustrated and i can't think clearly enough to ex explain why it's stupid and so he's better at that than i yeah. am <laughs> that's uh yeah i find I, I like people who can articulate things well because i i'm like oh it's in my head like I understand like maybe intuitively or just something though but then like I don't know how to like say it outwardly and um so it's nice to find when you find people like who are good at those things right like, yeah like I don't need to say it though like just point point over there <laughs> right um oh um, I, uh, backtracking a little bit someone yeah. I didn't realize this but uh when we were guessing in that guessing game someone Nanya business did guess yeah. a Jew fro so I have to give, I'll give 10 points to Nanya Biz for, oh, for getting that. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so you've got the, these books and, and I guess like, um, what, what, if you had to like summarize like a main, like a main point or two about like lessons to take away um, or, or for people who are, are trying to understand like the issues with CRT or just like SJW ism in general. Do you have any like, I guess, words of advice then? Um, I think one of the biggest eye opening things to me, and I guess it was probably like in 2020 when I really became aware of this is like, you have to look at it as not some modern um, theory or, you know, idea. It's, just straight up Marxism. Like they are following the exact same path. They're just instead of it being, you know, the the elite versus the workers, now it's, you know, uh, minorities versus white people or mm -hmm. liberals versus Christians. So they're, you know, it's still like a power dynamic that they're using, but they're they're just sowing hatred and they and a lot of these ideas back people into a corner that they can't you can't defend yourself like if somebody says you're racist there's not much you can do to get out of that trap like anything you say you just dig the hole deeper and then if you don't say anything too then they because i've done that or i'm like well I, on twitter i've had that where i just mm -hmm. didn't like respond to being called racist i think it was a black guy talking to me and i was we're both not white people mm -hmm. and then and i didn't like respond i didn't say anything because i was like well he was just slinging insults constantly so then i'm like well right. i don't even need to respond to it but then my lack of response was like you're not even denying that you're racist like, right so you're just hurling other insults like i can't even take you seriously as a person and mm -hmm. um but like anything you say is going to be wrong if i denied it then i are like well you're just in, in denial of this and like 
Right. Right. And I mean, at this point, like the way that as far as the left has been pushing in the past couple of years, like at this point, I'm like, sure. I mean, I guess if you say so, I am. I mean, it's totally irrelevant to how I actually feel. But, you know, if you want to call me phobic or ist in some way, like, okay. I guess it's one of those things too, where it's just like, well, if you, if someone insults you about something that's not true, like what, even in, in the non-woke way, but they just say like, if someone called me short or whatever, like, right. well, I won't be offended by that. Cause it's not true. I'm five, seven. Like, mm-hmm. I, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then you kind of say like other things though, that it's just like, well, I'd, uh, whatever, like, I guess you're going to, you're going to say whatever you want. So um, I can't really stop you right. and, um, and I can't really convince you otherwise. So um, if you're if yeah. you're gonna jump to a conclusion like that already without be- being fully informed or having like actual reason to, then like there's no reason why I would think I could try to convince you otherwise. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like an em- you can't really use logic against emotion mm-hmm. in most cases. So yeah, I mean. And then I think also, because last year I read a lot of books from, like, more memoirs from people who lived in the Soviet Union or China under Mao, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the patterns emerge, kind of, of how these revolutions started and where they lead. And so I think that's the other thing that's important to kind of take away from this is... It is all really dumb. Like it, most of these theories make no actual sense. They they don't stand up to any kind of debate or criticism. It's but... inconsistent with the their own things too, because they'll, they'll oh, just yeah. say like the opposite, the exact opposite later on. But then be, they'll believe it like oh right, wholeheartedly. Right. Like, yeah. But it's then like, if you bring it, up what about the other thing that you said before, yeah. like well, this is different. Right, right. It's just like infuriating. Like, it's totally mm-hmm. not how logic or like intelligent people work but that doesn't make it less dangerous because right. it does appeal to a lot of people so yes yeah because people are very emotional and mm-hmm. and i've learned that especially recently too where you just kind of have uh people are going to be convinced over emotion and then and uh so some people who who can who who can lead the way of of like convincing the uh convincing others uh, to believe one thing and then you you realize too that like oh those people don't even need like they don't use logic to like follow something either though they're just going to take like i'm emotionally you know upset or or Mm -hmm. in agreement with something and uh and the, they're just going to follow follow whoever when, right. if, they, if they hear like the right th- things though and it's uh yeah so it's just kind of like a little black pilling I guess when when you have that kind of thing happen where you're like I want more logical people though and like right I really appreciate those who have some like who can have re- use reason and logic to try and like make decisions over things yeah Something yes. our world lacks lately, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Tree Surgeon says it definitely speaks to the elephant. And that's the, the who is it? I forget the author, but the elephant versus the rider. And the elephant is the emotions and the rider oh. is the one trying to control it. Um, and I, even though they've talked about it on Unsafe Space a lot, of, a lot I can't remember the, the person who, who wrote that. But oh. yeah, that concept of just yeah, the, the elephant definitely has a as the emotional one and, and it tries to take control of the person a lot right. you need the writer to kind of be like emotions aren't bad like you you should have emotions over yeah. things and but uh you don't you don't let them lead the way you 
you can't control how you feel about something, but you can control how you react to your feelings. Um, and so that's what, for me, I try, and I try not to react emotionally too quickly either. Like I, right. uh, sometimes I try to avoid having opinions about things, which can be problematic to people who want you to be like immediately reactive to something. I'm like, well, right. I need to understand it all first. And then I'm going to be like, oh, this is super awesome. Or this super sucks. But like, I just, I don't like jumping the gun yet because especially lately, like people will see, you know, in the news, you might see like something terrible happen, but then it's just a, a short video clip of something where you're everything's racist, everything's awful, like you're, but then you find out like, oh, actually there was mm -hmm. more to this story. So I just try to use that concept for everything though, too, that I'm like, right. Okay, here's this initial thing that's, that's supposed to be triggering. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm wary of this first. Let me understand it all before I get reactive. Right. Um, but then that's the half robot in me that I well, I mean, but that's like also, I mean, we should all think like that. Honestly, it's that's Thank maturity and wisdom. Yes. You know, like you don't react immediately. You wait and you process and then you react. But with, I mean, it's so rare now that it seems weird, but it mm -hmm. should be how everybody acts. Yeah. Yeah. And Jonathan Haidt was the, the one with the yeah. elephant and the writer. So thank you, Tree Surgeon. But yeah, they, yeah, like... <laughs> And then I guess that's the issue with culture, though, too, that you just that uh, the social media exacerbates the problem. We have like the whole cluster B personality types that I think are very prominent now online these days. Yeah. And so then it just like keeps feeding into each other, too, because then you get you, you get this other the emotional reactions of people supporting you. And you're like, well, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep behaving right. this way. And then the more you do it. So it just kind of like goes back and forth that like that they feed into each other. And then it's just like, well, we're screwed. <laughs> like society is going to fall apart now. If, if this is, who's like taking the lead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, but I guess, and the people who like the drama and stuff too, like you, they like the emotional stuff who like the drama and, and it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's just so much online or, and that's why I stop. I don't even like looking at, I get tired of it like on yeah. Twitter and I'm like, I don't feel like looking at this now. And again, I'm just going to go back. I'm still powering through Nathan Fillion's castle. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I love detective shows. So, uh -huh. so I'm just bringing it in like that. Like, okay, I'm done with, with social media. Let me just go and watch some fictional stuff for a while. Oh, I totally get it. I always know, like, if I'm having a good day or a bad day, if I can handle libs of TikTok or not. <laughs> like, some days I'm like, that person's stupid. And then other days I'm like, burn it all down. Right. Like, we're just send the asteroid we're done <laughs> um oh yeah what was the the don't look up did you watch that movie it's about the the commoner know. asteroid is and it good it, i it's hard for me to say like obviously they're the spin is on a liberal side you know the leftist side of things so it's like right. a kind of woke but it's kind of projection too. Cause they're kind of they're. I think they were trying to allude that it's like, Oh, the conservatives are the problem. And the ones that aren't like paying attention to reality or something, uh -huh. but like the stuff that was happening was similar to like people not paying attention to COVID. And when they're just like, people are like, don't look up. They're saying there isn't an asteroid. We don't believe it. Everything's fine. So they kept being in oh, denial. Right. So it was just kind of like, if you, if you step back and like understand that, like, Oh, they're projecting. So they're just flipping it. It was pretty much saying that like, Oh, they're in denial of, of, you know, like actual evidence and information coming out. Right. And I think the coof. And so it was just kind of, 
it was kind of interesting in that regard. Even some of the advertisements that they had to like in within the movie mm-hmm. saying so, I forget what it was, something about like, oh, that the everything is totally fine and, and you shouldn't be like and but it just reminded me of like the, the actual commercials that I I've been seeing about right. you know, like certain medical things <laughs> regarding the coof uh that I won't get into because I still don't know what YouTube is now is banning or gonna <laughs> say is medical misinformation, even though the stuff that they said was medical misinformation has now come out as true with a lot of the stuff. So it's so weird how um, that keeps happening. I know. Yeah. So strange. Uh <laughs> But, you know, censorship is the best thing ever. Thank you, YouTube overlords. So (laughs) keeping us safe from those dangerous thought criminals. Yeah. Um, Okay. well, we're coming close to two hours here. One thing I wanted to to do real quick, though, is, again, it's Mother's Day uh, on Sunday and I'm I'm in a in a dark humor sort of direction. I wanted to find uh, I came across this. A list is um, the meet the five worst moms in history. So I kind of wanted to just skim through that and see what they're about. Because then I think some of them had like the whole true crime thing. I'm like, oh yeah, Juliet, and I might be yeah. interested in seeing this. So let's see. Holy cow! History. Meet the five worst moms in history. Uh, so I'll just skip down to these. Uh, are you ready? All right. We've got coming in at number five, we have Mary Ball Washington. Uh, he may have had, oh, oh, this is George Washington's mom. He may have been the fa- father of our country, but George Washington had a miserable mom. While he was working 24 7 to keep the American Revolution alive, she was bad mouthing the patriot, the patriot cause to everyone. French military officers in Virginia even claimed she was an outright supporter of England's King George III. She embarrassed poor George all the way to the presidency. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow. Poor um, guy. <laughs> He's like, but I'm going to be like one of the most important people in history, mom. Like, believe yeah, me. Doing all kinds of stuff to try and help out and do these things. She's just like, mm, no, son. That is hilarious. It's so sad. Poor guy. <laughs> Uh, all right, number four, Arizona Donnie Barker, aka Ma Barker. This show me state girl made the, the FBI's public enemies list in the 1930s. J. Edgar Hoover called her the most vicious, dangerous, and resourceful criminal brain of the last decade Ooh. by making crime the family business. How's that for bad parenting? Since her. <laughs> Lloyd, Fred, and Arthur Barker became criminals the minute they got out of diapers. Murder, car theft, kidnapping, armed robbery, bank holdups, the boys did it all, and Ma was right there with them. Things abruptly ended in a rural Florida hideout in 1935. A shootout with FBI agents straight out of a gangster movie ended with Ma and Fred going down. At least the family was consistent. They were rotten right up to the end. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I'll give her points that she had a family business. She cared enough to... To keep them involved. I'm surprised Netflix or HBO hasn't like caught on this. Right. (laughs) Going now, I'm sure it's gonna it'll end up happening. Uh, okay, number three, Mary Ann Cotton. Her name may not ring a bell in the U.S., but it's scandalous in the U.K. This 19th century nurse, dressmaker, and housekeeper had a secret hobby. She poisoned and killed 11 of her 13 children, her four husbands, two lovers, plus two others, all of their insur- all for their insurance money. 
Uh, arsenic was her weapon of choice. She racked up a body count of 21 before Scotland Yard finally caught up with her. When Marianne Cotton was hanged in 1873, the rope was cut too short, possibly deliberately. A bad ending for a truly bad mom. Oh my God. Wow. That reminds me of uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Have you ever seen? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like, Jeez. were they just poisoning everyone? Uh, yeah. I wonder if it was inspired by this. Jeez Louise. So, uh, I don't think it's that much harder to be a better mom than Mary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you don't have to do You just have to not poison people. You just have to not poison people. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe sometimes it might accidentally happen with botulism or something, but at least it was unintentional. <laughs> Longer. Let me see how fast I can read through this. Z number two, Zerelda Elizabeth Cole James Sims Samuel, comma, Jesse James's mom. Okay, why is that name so ridiculously long? <laughs> so unnecessary. Uh, all right, let me just skim through these here. Admittedly, she had tough breaks in life. She hated her stepfather and married at 16 to flee home. Um, her husband was a Baptist preacher. They moved to Missouri where their son was born. Let's see what else did she do. Robert left. Oh, so the father left and they believe he died. She remarried. Husband too disliked Jesse and treated him cruelly. The problem was soon resolved when he was thrown from a horse and killed. Oh, well, I call a conspiracy oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who told the horse to throw him, throw him off, huh? Um, so, she, oh man, she just keeps marrying. Husband number three, a quiet, passive man described as standing in the shadow of his outspoken, forceful wife. Um, so she wore the pants in the family, it says. During the Civil War, he hanged, uh, pro Northern militia hanged husband number three in the family's yard, seriously injuring but not killing him. How terrible is that when you don't actually die from being hanged and you just like suffocate and get in your, your neck injured? Oh, that sucks. Um, so essentially, it looks like killing her youngest son. Uh, sorry, that's the final years. So I guess she just married, she, she married bad people and she was just super terrible herself. For 50 cents a head, she gave guided tours when she, she, she oh, went to a tourist trap thing, I guess, after, after Jesse James was a thing. And in the last bit of larceny, she sold old rusted guns that she claimed had belonged to Jesse. She actually bought them cheap at secondhand shops and charged a fortune for them, which is why dozens of private gun collections today still boast a firearm that was carried by Jesse James, quote unquote. Truly bad mom material from start to finish. I don't know. I feel like number three, Marion Cotton is worse than... I agree. Like, I think she should have been number five. Like, Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, like, she kind of sucks, but like, wasn't... I don't know. Like, she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know... <laughs> whatever uh all right then coming at number one we have mama june from here comes honey boo boo <laughs> if you saw the show you understand enough said i never saw the show but i have heard terrible things about parents like that yeah um, yeah that's right your friend paul in chat says number one better be casey anthony i'm surprised that she's not even on this list like casey anthony i would i don't i don't remember the whole thing was she was she alleged was she proven to be guilty i forget her whole well family. they found her not guilty but i don't know how okay but it was pretty obvious that she most likely had oh yeah okay. um I, I, it's been a while i remember reading some of it but I, it's they all all the mothers murdering their children blend in these days so. oh, <laughs> 
Uh, so maybe that they couldn't have Casey Anthony on there because she was found not guilty. Maybe they weren't allowed to to do that. But, yeah. I mean, there are just some. I mean, there was also the. Is it? Is it? Is Mommy Dearest the one? Or you know, maybe it's a, a no. There was a, the one girl. I forget her name. I've seen like the documentary and then the fictional movie that they based off of it too, where the girl like the it was Munchausen syndrome by proxy, mm. and so girl had uh she thought she was sick her whole like most of her life but her mom was just making her sick and and then the and the girl ended up killing her mom to escape but then they were trying to play off that she didn't do it but there's a lot of evidence and um, right. to get it and it was kind of like yeah well if you were you know the, the living situation you're in it's kind of uh, understand she also had her own like you know mental disabilities too so it was just kind of had yeah, the whole thing it was crazy but again it's whole- wild true crime stuff you know yeah <laughs> so that's it for mother's day i don't know do you have some like more optimistic things uh, uh, as far as mother's day stuff goes for you oh gosh i'm so bad with like these holidays that happen every year i know i know <laughs> they always sneak up on me um yeah this i is, don't know i've never super celebrated this holiday myself so we were just yeah. like oh yeah that's happening so i'll find a list of of stuff but um yeah i don't know there's flowers you get brunch mm-hmm. that's a thing so if you guys have your birthing parents out there <laughs> the birthing people then you can do some do some flowery stuff brunch is always good i do love breakfast food at all times of day um well okay then i have one last game for you oh, let me get rid of this thing we don't need it anymore I forgot uh so i have one more game to round it all out double or nothing oh. if you get this right okay it's uh gonna be cards against humanity oh. and so i'm gonna give you give you your question the black cards the the thing that you have to fill in and then i'm gonna give you four choices so are you ready i'm we, ready let me see we've got the, the question or the sentence that you have here is coming to Broadway this season, blank, the musical. I might have used this before, but I found it and again and I liked it. So, <laughs> so blank, the musical. We're going to fill in. We have first one, Fancy Feast, the musical. Second choice, Tom Cruise, the musical. Third choice. Auto cannibalism, the musical. <laughs> Fourth choice. Oh gosh. Auschwitz, the musical. <laughs> uh, so you've got coming to Broadway this season, blank, the musical. A, fancy feast. B, Tom Cruise. C, auto cannibalism. Or D, Auschwitz. Oh, Auschwitz. I feel like it. Oh man. <laughs> you're going with d yeah. yeah me too so i'm gonna give you double your points there i don't remember where you're at 80 <laughs> something 36 whatever you're at you win you get all the points because yeah, yeah that's like the worst one <laughs> absolutely the worst you like i mean i'm sure is Anne, Anne frank a musical too i wouldn't be surprised if there is a version of that though right. if there isn't i'll write one <laughs> Just have the Nazis dancing over top of us. She's hiding under the floorboards. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, maybe chat knows. Has anybody seen that crazy musical where, like, they're they're making, like, a... I mean, well, it's a movie, but they're in the movie, they're making a musical about Hitler. 
And there's like this absolutely it's got Gene Wilder in it. Oh, is it oh the producers? Is it that is that oh my gosh that the producer's the one that has yeah that, that they're doing uh oh I can't even I can't remember anything about it now. The what's the what's the Oh, oh, Hitler. Song that I know. Spring uh, time for Hitler. Spring time. Yes. Spring time for Hitler. And <laughs> like the most ridiculous thing yeah. I've ever seen, and I had never even like heard of it before. And I was just yes. walking through my friend's house, and it was on the TV, and I was like, "What? Yes. Is oh my gosh, Mel Brooks is my hero. Like, I love." Uh, I, I love him. He was always someone, again, you know, I don't have to, I don't need to have an Asian or a, a woman to like be someone I look up to though. Like Mel Brooks, the old Jewish man here, like <laughs> you are who I want to be. And even like, so Lucille Ball too, because like, although mm-hmm. she's a woman, but it was just kind of like, oh, I like her. Not even because like of those things. I just thought she's funny. I love, I love Lucy. Like in your, right. like you're this, this slapstick comedian. And, um, and I really appreciate that. And like Mel Brooks, like he just had like such weird writing in on silly stuff and um yeah like i don't i don't know so they those are the those are my idols growing up <laughs> i love that yeah, they're the producers it's great yeah springtime for hitler is awesome oh thank you silverlock too he says have a great weekend you have a great weekend as well um and then we should go watch the producers now <laughs> for mother's day watch some springtime <laughs> for hitler for mother's day as you spend some time with your mother's uh, watching that your friend Paul says music the musical I did I was I was actually working on a musical called that at one point I still haven't finished it but it is it was called music the musical that's awesome um oh care Sars says that merits 64 points for for that too so okay he's Woo! right you know chat whatever anyone says in chat is, go it goes it. like yeah it's canon <laughs> now so so you now have 64 points. You totally win. And we've called these uh, minority tokens. It's like what you, you get. So you get to collect because it's a token minority report. You get minority tokens. Um, so these are uh, non-transferable. You can only use them here. But then if you want to, you can use them to, I, I don't know what rewards you want, but you can just request something and, and then I'll see if I have. It's like a shop that you go to and you just say like, what do you got? And then... <laughs> <laughs> or, or actually, no, you say, I want this thing. I don't even want what you got, though, because I don't want to think of it. So you tell me, what do you want? I'll say yes or no. Whether I can prove it. <laughs> so we can also like hold on to it. We'll just remember that you have 64 points later. And by remember, I mean, probably forget mm-hmm. um, and then just make up a number in the future. But uh, I love so. it. <laughs> well, Very organized. I'm going to hold on to my points because... I'll have to come back eventually and talk about organizing and alternate oh, yeah, yeah. theories on history. I'm yes. a huge nerd and you'll love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. We're talking with so many other things too that I didn't even get into like specific questions on decluttering and I really need that here at <laughs> my house. <laughs> I guess real quick, do you have any like quick tidbits on decluttering on like the so yes. kitchen? I told you about my kitchen, how I like mm-hmm. I took out everything and you said that like if everything looks like something you know exploded, then I was on the right track and, yes. and it really did. But I just took out every every dishware possible put it in the dining room and living room and it was just scattered on the floor for much longer than it should have been and then like slowly I still don't even have everything but I'm just like trying to figure out like oh this should go in here I we need more storage space we put up shelves and I don't know what to even put on the shelves that's like on display right welcome to my life no okay so first of all you did the right thing like first take everything out like all of it then I like to sort it into like types of so like 
all of your plates go in one place and then all of your, you know, baking pans and somewhere else. So then you can see if you have six frying pans, you probably will never have a point in your life where you need all six of them at once. So, you know, it makes it easier to get rid of duplicates. And then I sort, like you do a pile for things I'm definitely keeping, things I'm not sure about, and then things I'm definitely getting rid of. Yeah, yeah. Which helps. And then once you have that those sorted, then look at the ones you're not sure of because usually that kind of frees up your space because you're like, well, I'm getting rid of like these 20 things so I can keep all of this or I'm keeping a ton of stuff. I should probably just get rid of the maybes, you know. And it's then, so hard for me. I'm so atti- I, I'm I'm sentimental about everything. <laughs> I'm the same way. It is really hard to like purge. Mm-hmm. I feel like people that don't think it's hard to purge probably don't have any clutter. They have no soul. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, then I kind of like to group things, you know, keep them in the cat. So all the plates, all the bowls, that kind of stuff. And then you can see just looking at it, like how much space you'll need to store those. And that usually helps. I'm not going to lie. It's not a perfect science. And I even end up moving things around until I find the best configuration for this space. But definitely like trying to get rid of stuff is one of the best first steps. And then when you are putting things back where they go, anything you rarely use, put that in the hardest to reach spot yeah it's, yeah that was the goal because we have like very the high cupboards and stuff too like well what can i shove up here that we don't really need and, right um mm-hmm. but it's ah uh, yeah we have so many so we get mugs when we travel and so i'm like oh yeah because that way we can remember these things and but then it's just like well i don't i don't even drink coffee <laughs> so like <laughs> only one of us drinks coffee and we have all these mugs that i barely so I have to drink like other stuff in them too if i'm gonna pour anything or you know sit and yeah. I don't even drink that. I mostly just drink water. So, right. Um, so tea, I'll do tea when I, tea when I drink that sometimes. But, <laughs> but yeah, and then and then some of it too, like the 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 writing gets worn off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but I still remember that I got this here, so I don't really want to get rid of it yet. And like, but I should because there's nothing really great right. about it. <laughs> still. Well, one of the things I try to encourage people to do if they have stuff like a collection of things that are sentimental, but like you don't use all of it at once is like, you don't have to get rid of it, but maybe like rotate it out. Yeah. Like store some of the old ones or whatever. You know I mean? I don't know if you have a garage or. Yeah. We've got two. Oh, well, there you go. You know, like some of that. So if you just take like the ones that you don't use or that are kind of banged up, put them in like a plastic bin, label it, stick it on a shelf. And I promise you'll never be sad about it. I know that's the, so the heart, it's harder for me to like completely get rid of something. So we have yeah. boxed up some stuff that like, Oh, we're just not using it. Cause that way I can know like, well, if we ever need it, we'll right. have it. I won't exactly. remember that we have it, but we will have it. And then, and then eventually it'll be like, well, we've never used this. So now we can just get rid of it. And, or uh-huh. it's better if, if it gets, disposed of without me knowing about it because then I won't be uh, I'll, I won't remember that it ever existed but like if I know that it's here I'm like well no you can't get rid of it right no that's totally my life yeah <laughs> yeah your friend Paul says I keep everything in a pile on the floor of a room I don't use yes that is currently what most of <laughs> my situation is too <laughs> um 
it's uh I, and i want to be someone who has less stuff where i just know this is where it goes because then it's mm -hmm. like i have too much too much stuff and i'm like well i don't even know where to put it all so then it's just kind of like it's scattered everywhere because then it's more daunting because it's like well now there's more stuff and i just <laughs> still don't know where it goes and now it's just piling up and, and, like, right. and i don't even want to be in this room anymore so i'm just going <laughs> to avoid it completely and so it's just a lot uh. of mentally it <laughs> is it's, it's, it's exhausting honestly it's a process it takes time and like a lot of decision making along mm -hmm. the way but yeah that's why organizing is so, uh, more than just like oh i need to pick up and clean up real quick though right. but it's like, no but the organizing is like well that's the part where i have to plan and like figure things out like where should, does this need to go and that'll take mm -hmm. a lot longer like once that's all once all that's done then then putting stuff away later I'm like oh that's easier it's all like the, the thinking part is done but until right. then it's just like this daunting task and i'm like i don't know you're <laughs> gonna go back to bed <laughs> throw it in a box and like yeah. slide it out of sight no one will know yeah no i get it it's it's hard honestly it's it's especially hard to do your own stuff like i have no problem organizing for other people mm, yeah because <laughs> yeah. i'm not sentimental about yeah. their stuff you have no attachment so you just know this is impractical you don't need you know yeah three of the same size frying pan or whatever <laughs> exactly but yeah we have it's too many hard cutting board we have like the like the flimsy kind of cutting board and but uh -huh. we just either got them like as gifts or got it and i like rainbows so then we're just like oh here's another rainbow set so now we have like 30 cutting boards that we don't need <laughs> but I'm like, like how do i get rid of it though because they're all nice to have so i just cycle through i'm like well i'll put the other ones on bottom so i am rotating each time i use it but i still don't need this many <laughs> oh man no i totally get it I mean, my, my best trick, especially for myself, is I just, like, take this, like, half. If I have way too many of something, like, I'll just take some of it, mm -hmm. box it up, label it. And then, like, I, I've i never gone to those boxes. Yeah. Ever one time. I've never. <laughs> hopefully, next time I move, it won't be hard to just, like, be like, you know what? Throw that in the trash. Because, you know, when you move, it's so stressful and you're just so over it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm yes. really good at purging when I'm in a bad mood. So. Oh, oh, that's good. Uh, oh, I wish I were. But then I'm just like, oh, let me, I, I still don't even do it. Like, let me just pack up everything now. And then once we move, I'll go through it and then get rid of stuff. So I'm like, but, right. oh, I can't get rid So, and I still been here over a year and I still have some boxes that haven't been opened. Like, yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, so that, that's a whole different thing. They're like, oh, I'm going to have to organize that. I've got books that I need to put on a bookshelf. We built the bookshelf and I still haven't even gotten the books out. So I'm like, kind of do that. But I need to make space for all the other junk. <laughs> so I'll just have you come out here at some point. <laughs> there you go. I'll come visit you. <laughs> declutter. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be great. So yeah, next time we'll get into much more detail on on this. And then I'll actually, I'll probably just take you room by room. And then you just, <laughs> the episode <laughs> will just be you going through and telling me what stuff do I get rid of? Where do I put this thing? Yes. I and you love can just it. see all the different rooms. Again, and this is the deer room is what we call a deer room. We have that Pittsburgh penguins room and wallpaper. The other oh. bedroom is a wolf room because we just have wolf wallpaper throughout that. Uh, there's like horse horseshoes and stuff in the other bedroom that's wallpapered up top and the bathroom has like little bear bear toilet paper holder and oh nice <laughs> very very uh uh thematic here i love uh, i think that's hilarious honestly that that deer painting is glorious <laughs> and it's i mean admittedly it's it's wallpaper that's why they didn't like paint it oh, okay. but right. but 
the wallpaper does continue throughout the rest of the room too. Oh, so wow. it's, it's the same image that just is like in a banner in the middle of the of the <laughs> walls, and then uh, and then a fake log cabin wallpaper in the bottom. So if you didn't have enough, oh uh, wow. <laughs> So that's what I've got here going on, going on over here. Cause it's just, you know, when I look outside, I only see like 10 or 12 deer in real life that I need to have it (laughs) behind us. And we have like two ponds and stuff too. So I just need to like, but I I don't have, I need to look at it constantly. So then we just have it on the inside too. Right. There you go. Never without the deer. Yeah. Oh. Once I get the house decluttered and everything cleaned up, then I'll go through like, okay, let me paint and do other stuff. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Oh, rural America decorating. Yeah. <laughs> so again, we'll, we'll have you come out because um, you're not yeah. super far. You're still in the yeah. DC area. Right? Yeah. I yeah. can't be far. Yeah. Yeah. So so we'll have you travel out at some point. Um, okay. Well, tell everyone where they can find you and, and where to do uh, buy your stuff or anything okay um you can find me on gab at juliet truthseeker 8487 i'm never sure i'm like a little dyslexic with numbers i think it's 8487 what's the reason why you're not on twitter did you get banned or did you just stop using it okay well at first i stopped using it and then i created an account to lurk because it's really annoying not to be able to like click on anything without the oh yeah force you to sign in yeah and then I, I made the horrible mistake of commenting on Phil that remains post about George Takai, like saying William Shatner didn't deserve to go to space. And I said, oh. bitter old hag is going to bitter old oh, hag. Yeah, and they yeah. suspended me <laughs> and I appealed it. And they were like, nope, that's hateful speech. And I was like, to who? <laughs> and then I was really mad about it. And then I made another account and they caught me ban evading because I didn't really understand how they track your phone at that point. Oh, yeah. Got to oh, just yeah. use different emails. <laughs> yeah, I got in big in big trouble, so. <laughs> wow. Ugh. And then I guess because things haven't like fully turned over, I don't know if things will get better with Elon, if he gets I more of a say so. and stuff. And right now it's just too early because like, you know, that's like in, in progress. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, John DeLaRose is in chat. Hello. And he says that Twitter just popped him again today too. So, <laughs> so you're not alone. Uh, they said, I did hateful speech because I called a guy attacking me whitey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's so hateful. Man. Oh my gosh. He gets monster. He, he's canceled by everyone too, though. He's getting ah, he's getting canceled by the board game industry right now too oh for like for harassment. So, um, yeah. Well, that's the world we live in. So again, some black pills going on. Yeah. I like, <laughs> unfortunately, I do that a lot, and I don't mean to black pill everybody yeah yeah well no i mean it ha- i mean it's so easy these days though it's right. um because like everything is sucking so <laughs> um okay so you're on gab and then yes other other things that you want to to shout out um so if you've been around for most of the show then you know i wrote a book it's called a sky with no stars and you can find it on amazon i know you put the link in there earlier um and I'm actually working on a sub stack because sometimes I do these like mini deep dives or I just like collect a lot of information on one subject that I don't know what to do with. So I'm, I'm starting on a sub stack. I'm not going to do subscriptions. I'm just going to like leave mm-hmm. it free. But watch for that on Gab. I'm sure I will 
let everybody know yes. when I get that up and running. Um, well, cool. Uh, any any last words that you want to say? And congratulations on winning today's episode, by the way. That's Yay, very successful. I, I thought, you know, like I was a little concerned toward the end, but you really brought it back around. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did a great job. There we go. Um, let's enjoy it. Black pill. Black pill. Um, Carissa Hart, St. Joseph. Uh, my Twitter handle before I got banned was Julia is lurking is lurking oh yeah yeah okay so you really are on the nose about how like you are on here to lurk <laughs> i was <laughs> and you were and i tried i tried not to comment i tried just to like like and bookmark because i was just like lurking yeah yeah i don't want to get in trouble and you know i just couldn't help myself <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's difficult where it's just like ah, i really need to say something like right. i don't want to but i have to <laughs> Um, but then and then it's easier when I just don't do it at all like when if I stay off completely and then yeah because it's a quick cold turkey so something like oh I'm really invested in something and and then then you're able to just like leave but if I'm not looking at something at all it gets easier like Facebook I left it for three months uh and then what but even after well I left it because I was just talking about this yesterday I think um there was a girl like, or someone, my friend had posted something. I was during the riots in like, I think mm -hmm. it was Seattle or Portland. And then he was like, oh, like now the conservatives are like getting guns and, and going outside to like, you know, to block it. And I just said like, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in, in, in there. And and then I had all, because they're all social, like all Chicago socialists and uh -huh. liberals and stuff like, and just getting mad at me. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were on the same <laughs> you know, agreement that like stuff is happening there. But they were like in denial that like anything was even going on. Like the one girl... Um, she was trying to say that, like, oh, like, I, here's this article about how things aren't really that bad here. And I'm like, oh, oh my well, gosh, here's a bunch of video clips of like stuff that's actually so I just like linked all these right. things. She said that she I know she was white, too. And she told me she's like, like, oh, you just don't like people of color. And I was like, I, I am one. Like, what are you talking about? And they said when I did all the video links, then she just blocked me. And I was like, OK, like I I'm, I have enough. I've had enough of this. Like I'm done right. with Facebook for a while. So then and once I like got back on, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't even really care about looking like I post stuff on Instagram. And then that's it. And then it goes to Facebook. And so I just do like animal pictures and then <laughs> check and see if anyone commented on it. But I like, I right. never even like look at what other people say. So I'm barely, I'm barely active on social media. Cause I was just like, ah, it just makes me angry. Yeah. That's funny. I actually quit Facebook and I guess in like 2018, I was just like, I'm, you know, like doing a detox, never gone back. People message me and like they'll be like oh i added you as a friend and you never added me back i was like i don't i don't even know if i can still log in right. <laughs> so no it's weird it's funny because like before that i was super on facebook all the time because mm -hmm. it, it is addictive like i mean it it's true what they say about like you know social media when you get the the notifications and everything so then you just like oh i want more likes i want more mm -hmm. uh interactive people and stuff and then and i have like i have a dick Ding, addictive, whatever it is, where uh -huh. people don't like me, I get addicted to other things. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, people hate me, but uh, but like I get obsessive about stuff. So then, like I just get really into something, right? And, and I really have to sometimes just be like, no, I need to not not be like do do this at all. And or sometimes it like changes on itself. Like I might be into something for a week, and then I'm like, ah, I'm I'm good now. <laughs> like I'm done. Right. 
it happened to me with Wordle, the Wordle game where I'm like, ah, I'm really into this. And I was just yeah. practice. I was doing like the, the side ones where you can just do a uh -huh. bunch. I was like, how fast can I get these done? Like, I'm just going to keep going. And then after a week, I was like, okay, well, now I'm playing some Nintendo. I've got Nintendo Switch online. It's more fun. <laughs> right. It's so funny how that is. I'm the same way, though. <laughs> into it and then i'm just not at uh -huh. all yeah <laughs> over like, it very hard into something and then like okay i've 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 moved on um yeah it looks like other people have quit facebook as well too like yeah i i don't know i i think again too i think the so uh, good rule of thumb is, is just like social media is going to destroy your life so um <laughs> get outside do other things uh you don't have to be you stop watching this channel now <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 keep watching. We really need it. Um, oh, Sudoku Karsar says that I, I have Sudoku on my phone that it, like when if I'm if I have downtime of whatever it is, like I'm sitting around like Sudoku is what I go to right now. I'm stuck on one. It's only on medium and I'm really stuck. And I'm like, what am I missing? And I just keep staring at it and I have to look at it later on. I'm like, I, I know something is really obvious here and I just am not seeing it right now. Um, G-Man asks, can we watch a movie together? Absolutely. Maybe we could do that in a discord. That'd be that fun. Be fun. Yeah, yeah. Are you on? You are on Discord. I'll add yeah. you to our unsafe space. The community one too. Yeah, yeah. So I'll do that. That sounds uh, fun. But that would be cool because I know you can like screen share and watch stuff though. So I don't Ooh. know if I'm supposed to say that, but I know people have done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Julia. And I uh, definitely will have some sort of declutter <laughs> show in the future, though, as I as I try and get rid of. It'll just be about like how Beverly is going to clean up her <laughs> life and get it together <laughs> there you go <laughs> um but thank you again for joining us and as a reminder to people uh it's instead of next friday we are moving to thursdays uh 7 p.m eastern time so so don't come here on friday stay away from here actually no on friday <laughs> there i think there will be something on friday i think we're gonna do some sort of friday the 13th thing <laughs> um i don't know exactly yet what it'll be though but i think we're gonna have some sort of live stream at some point in that day so so do be here on friday though. and <laughs> there's come here every day there's gonna be something <laughs> but uh thank you again julia this is a lot of fun to talk to you absolutely thank you um, and then thank you chat for, for being, being your beautiful, wonderful selves. And today's Friday, have a great weekend and happy mother's day again. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to unsafe space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production may be upsetting to Brian Stelter. Please do not expose him to it. For completely legitimate reasons, Taylor Lawrence is requesting any information you may have about the following individuals. The Twitter subroutine appears to be malfunctioning.
Pay no attention to it. Did you know that the word liberty is a dog whistle for insurrectionists? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.